Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on in the recording. But let us get started. Well, Alonzi, and welcome to level 384 of Laugh It Up Fuzzball. That's right. And uh, if you hear background noise, it's actually not my background noise at this moment. I've got guests, not just a guest, guests, multiple. And in the spirit of Zummy's friends, I've got got two returning uh, guests that aren't uh, Marshall Danny or Benjamin Blue for Blue the Fourth. Uh, none other than Indy Hackey, Eddie. Hello. Hey, hey. And then returning from his triumphant anime episode, none other than super fan of the podcast, Romanji. Roman. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So it's like everybody's like, okay, are they talking about anime Indiana Jones? <laughs> <laughs> I would pay and good money for that. <laughs> one day. One day. Well, we don't hate the idea of that existing, no, that's not what we're discussing. It's going to be Indiana Jones vision. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> any any fans of the IP that we are going to be talking about knew right from go with my intro what we were going to do. But, uh, you know, I realized in, in this land of life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff, we've talked about a whole bunch of different IP, but one that we've never really uh, dove into is Doctor Who. And uh, frankly, uh, I think it was me and Eddie were talking. I don't know if it was on mic or off mic. And he was like, oh, I could do an entire another podcast about that. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Uh, and then Eddie, of course, is like, well, you know, Roman's a big super fan, too. So if we're going to do it, <laughs> we just need to include him. And I was like, I, I'm, I'll never say no. Never say no to uh, getting Roman on the podcast again. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we... Uh, we we did the things, we did the stuffs, we figured it out, and here we here we is to get timey wimey and talk about uh, why nobody ever asks Doctor Why. Yeah, I think I think we mean Doctor When. Uh, well, I've actually heard him called Doctor What in an episode quite recently. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, in one of the one of those Disney Plus specials. Oh yeah, that's true. So uh, yeah, and uh, you you see the title of the podcast. Nobody ever asks Doctor Why. That is the is the title because I think it's funny. Makes me chuckle. So that's all. That's all it takes for a <laughs> for an episode to be titled something. <laughs> that works. <But> yeah, <laughs> Doctor Who, the uh, the show that has been on the air in some way, shape, or form for many, many years since the sixties. Well, Sixty yep. years now. Yep, nineteen sixty-three, November twenty-third. Why, why is that stuck in your brain? Uh, it's stuck in my brain because uh, I've been a fan for a, a very long time. Um, I've been, well, since about 2011. In fact, I just drug up an article here. So I got into Doctor Who a long, long time ago with my friend Maya uh, from high school. Shout out to Maya, who's still in my phone as the doctor. And I immediately fell in love, but I was very lucky in my first year of loving Doctor Who. I got to go to Cardiff where they filmed the show. Oh, nice. And I went to this thing called the Doctor Who Experience. 
and oh. uh, it was basically a museum of Doctor Who, and I happened to be there on opening day. It just lined up with a trip that we already had planned. Um, nice. And I, uh, on Wales Online, there's a, uh, there's a, they, they interviewed me because it was like, oh, there's a kid from Los Angeles. So yeah, it says Eddie Agan, 18 from Los Angeles, said he ext- has extended his trip to the UK, especially for the opening. Said been a ba- fan for about a year. It's the sci-fi adventure that keeps on going. Uh, I thought it was incredible. If you like Doctor Who, this is the place to be. So you know, I'm very fortunate to have uh, celebrated Doctor Who many places, including in my backyard where I live next to um, I live next to LAX, which is essentially where they have the uh doctor who convention gallifrey one so it's always been sort of uh in and around me which i've always enjoyed uh but the reason november 23rd is uh very special is back when the 50th anniversary was happening it was the big date to lead up to and i remember that was a big uh a big hoopla and if you want to get more historical it's the day after uh kennedy was assassinated yeah it's it's actually my dad's or it was my dad's birthday Really? So, uh, yeah. Very poignant so, date, uh, then. Yeah, you said 1963, so my dad was 11. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, he was uh, 11 years young when Doctor Who first aired, and he didn't see it because he's American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it took, took a long time for him to come stateside. Uh, how about you guys? What's your connection to Doctor Who? I mean, yeah, I was going to say, that's good. Uh, we, we've got our little little notes of where to go. Roman, I'll let you go next, but it's sort of like an intro. Like, what is Doctor Who? What's your connection to it? Um, my connection's kind of weird. So I was aware of Doctor Who primarily because of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Perfect. I remember specifically the first time I ever heard the term Doctor Who is, is Treehouse of Horrors 10. It was the Xena uh, episode. And comic yeah. book. I remember comic book guy. I forgot the whole line, but... Between he said Doctor Who and Yasmin Bleef, and I was like, "What the hell? What the hell is Doctor Who?" And then of course you see the Fourth Doctor next to, <laughs> and then I think, yeah, he, yeah and I think they, he popped up periodically, and I was like, "Oh, who's that's Doctor Who? That's Doctor Who." So in my head, I was like, "Oh, this is weird thing." And then I found out later on, like, "Oh, it's a British sci-fi show." But then growing up, I never really had an interest in watching like British sci-fi. Um, and then. I think I remember hearing about the the re, the revival series sometime in high school. I think it was my it was 2005, so it was my senior year of high school. And like I was, I remember hearing about Doctor Who. I was like, oh, it's gonna be a reboot. So in my head, I was like, oh, it's just gonna be. They're gonna re, they're gonna restart it. It's gonna be a new character and all that. I didn't. And this is before I even knew what regeneration was. So I just kept thinking, oh, the Doctor, yeah. the doc, Doctor Who is just this, the same character with the long scarf and all that. And then, but then again, I didn't really have any interest in watching like British, British shows because in my head at the time, like, oh, British shows are boring. And then I remember specifically, <laughs> no, I mean, I remember specifically after I graduated, I was like my first year of college. I remember being sick, sick in bed. And then I turned on, I had the sci-fi channel on. And for some reason they were having a, a Doctor Who marathon. I was like, you know what? I've heard about this. I should give it a shot. I remember the first episode I ever watched was The Christmas Invasion with David Tennant. Okay. And I was like, and then I was like, oh, this is crazy. What's going on? No. So I think I remember watching that from like start to finish. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. I have no, there's aliens, there's sword fighting. I don't know what's, what's this doctor guy's deal. <laughs> I was like, but then I was so, I was so interested. I was like, okay, I gotta, like, I gotta go, I gotta 
I gotta figure. I gotta do some research. I gotta figure it out. So that's. I remember jumping back into the lore, and then I rem, I remember at the time Sci-Fi Channel did like small marathons every weekend or so. So they had like a they had a marathon of the first series, and I remember sitting there for like five or six hours watching every episode. I was like, this is sick. <laughs> nice. And yeah, I just I was I was hooked. But it was, That's awesome. Yeah, so it, was, it was just a weird leap from like I went from knowing about it from the Simpsons to actually watching the series. So Eddie, <laughs> you were saying like 2011, you jumped on board? Yes. Yeah. So I was I was about to say mine was uh, mine was interesting because I had uh, I had two doctors that I was uh, starting with because again it was already being rerun on BBC America so I was in the middle of season six trying to catch up with literally a mystery box season and then also catching <laughs> up every day with the tenant years and trying to pull everything apart which is kind of i think where my, my brain loves a good itch of ah yes there's all these crazy adventures to solve so it was uh it was very convenient for me that i got to uh do that convenient and inconvenient all at the same time but uh yeah, I also remember tuning in just randomly and seeing a a clip of uh, Matt Smith's uh, the cold uh, cold earth, um, just like him in sunglasses with the slingshot, and I was just like, "What is this?" And I I, I tuned away. But then again, my <laughs> friend really convinced me to hone in everything, uh, move into the fold, and it was just no turning back from there. Yeah, it's uh, so. And Roma, what year were you saying that you you started? So I had a, yeah, I started about 2006, so right after the Eccleston, Eccleston era, so right when David Tennant was starting up. Oh, nice. So I've, yeah, I've been with the Revival series for about, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Almost to start. It's yeah. funny, because uh, we're, we're going to go over, like, episodes and things that I've seen. I will, I will say in the, in, I guess, Whovians, isn't that what you call yourselves? Yes. If you're, if yes. you're a Doctor Who fan. Uh, Probably. But, like... <laughs> Yeah, like Doctor Who's one of those one of those shows that I enjoy. I've seen quite a bit more than I realize. Uh, my coming to it, like, you know, I I was aware of the blue police box, definitely aware of Tom Baker with his scarf, but no idea why. And then you know, member Barry, you Roman saying with like the Simpsons, I'm like, oh yeah, like that definitely, like I saw that on the Simpsons, and it's it's more than just um, having a you know, Tom Baker in that collector episode, like actually went on to Wiki Simpsons and like one of my favorite like images of a uh, of comic book guys, him with like the wheelbarrow full of tacos from the taco mat. <laughs> and I totally forgot that he literally is like, this should provide should adequate be- sustenance for the Doctor Who marathon. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and every time they do a Bymon sci-fi con, uh, there's there's something that shows up and like if they ever have British robots they always take the opportunity to put Daleks in so yeah I, uh, I will say the tricky part about uh, at least following up with BBC America uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this um, but BBC America edits the episodes after they had aired so if you're watching the reruns they cut about five maybe ten minutes from each episode so oh, yeah every time i was uh every time i rewatch it on the uh, streaming or things like that i just see all these new bits i'm like what the heck is this <laughs> but yeah so like i i knew of, of doctor who like in a in an outward sense where like things popped up and i'm like oh i recognize that i guess that somehow permeated its way in pop culture to me but where where i really came to it, when i got out of the military in 2013 
my mom and her best friend. Her best friend had turned my mom into a Whovian. And and the way my mom works, when she gets into something new, she goes hard. Like she like her entire life like wraps around that. So much so my mom has been to Gallifrey one several times. Like I think like at least two or three times. I know two, I think it's three. Um, so like and Gallifrey one's like a hard thing to get into. You have to like know a person. It's not like a huge convention where like tens of thousands of people can go because it's held in a hotel, if I remember correctly, in Burbank near Eddie. Um, but because she was so into it, she's like, you like science fiction and all this stuff? Like, you should watch it. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, for sure. Like, I'll watch some of this. Uh, so I started with Christopher Eccleston and was like, man, that entire series, like banger after banger, like such a good freaking season enjoyed the piss out of it uh and then at the end when uh, he regenerates because nobody had told me that that's what happened in doctor who i was like what the fuck's going on i don't want a new guy i like this guy and i stopped watching i didn't i was like <laughs> okay and uh my mom would be like no you have to keep watching it's so good with like tenant and smith so she was like oh you should watch this episode and i forget I, th- I don't know, because we had a lot of episodes available. I want to say, like, BBC through our cable had all the Who's available through On Demand, I think is what it was. Because um, it wasn't, I was watching, it was, and I don't think it was a streamer. I don't think it was Netflix, but I'm not, I misremember. But basically, my mom was like, you got to watch this episode. So, like, she's like, you have to come back. Watch Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. And I was like, well, I, I like those words, so for sure, I will I will check this out. I will watch Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. And I was like, right on. And because I watched that, I think I watched a couple episodes afterwards. And then the the big specials, my mom was like, well, we have to watch this. And I was like, okay, I'll watch your, I'll watch your Christmas special. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, that was fun. Like, not completely, like, not all of it hitting home because I haven't seen every single episode. Um. But, like, you know, just hitting an episode here or there and be like, this is good stuff, I enjoy it, but never, like, diving crazy deep into it. We're, like, working at Disneyland when they have Doctor Who Day and all the guys are running around like Tom Baker with their sonic screwdrivers. I'm like, good for them. That's cute. (laughs) I almost forgot about Galladay. Oh, man, you brought back a flood of memories. I just only one day they did it. Uh, They've done it a couple times. I don't think they've done one since uh, the the Panini. So you know. Wait, I'm sorry. There's okay. a there's a Doctor Who day at Disneyland, and I didn't know about this. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently. Okay. So <laughs> I just remember having a as either a GSO or Steam Trains, <laughs> and there were like 15 doctors all around Main Street Square, <laughs> like posing and taking pictures, and I was like, what the hell's going on? And I asked one of my friends, I'm like, hey, when you go to the Ren Fair, does anybody show up as Doctor Who? And he's like, sadly, no. And I was like, you always see people from Star Trek, like they're in a hollow deck. Like, man, missed opportunity. <laughs> they do now. I'll tell you that. They do now for sure. Uh, what was it? I know over at the Jungle Cruise attraction, they had uh, one of the people working there. They uh, they put together a Doctor Who boat. Okay. And, uh, and it was just, I, I didn't get a chance to go on it, but I just remember being like, oh, I wish I had gone on that. That was Tyler, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I actually uh, didn't go on the boat because I didn't think I would know enough of the references. But I remember that he did that and people were into it. 
I think I think I hired in just a, like a week after that, and I was like, ah. Uh, no, no, you you were with the you were with the company when it happened because we trained at the same time. No, then <laughs> then I'm just double checking yeah, myself. <laughs> it was the the very first Skipper's Night Out, the one before the Stranger Things one. It's the one where they did the uh, storybook Jungle Cruise challenge, and we had to sit through the awful story bookies uh, trying to oh, steal. Yes. Oh yeah, I think it was like it was two or three months into uh into us learning jungle, and I remember it clearly because I was wearing my Berserker World Tour shirt, and that's when me and Sean became cool. Nice, because he liked my shirt. So that's that's right, geeks. When you when you like stuff, that's how you make new friends, (laughs) and someday name your kid after them. Uh, So yeah, but uh, that's all to say, like my mom really really loved it. Now I don't know if if she's still like crazy into it, like she was, I know that I remember talking to her about Peter Capaldi. Um, but I'd have to, I'm actually, she's going to come over tomorrow night to spend time with the boy. So I'll, I'll see if I can ask her about some doctor who, and she's probably going to be like, I fell off. Cause that's just sort of my mom. But, uh, Oh, I hear that. I hear that sonic screwdriver. Roman. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, I, so that's, a. I uh, think I have, I have my whole collection lined up in front of me. Oh wow! Uh, how many how many screwdrivers are in front of you? I have, uh, two three. Uh, right now I got five. I've been meaning to pick up the ones I'm missing though. Oh no, six! I got two of the same one. Never mind. <laughs> okay, so here's a question, Eddie. I don't know that it's fair because I think we've established you as an Indiana Jones super fan. But where does Doctor? The same question will go to you, Roman. Where does Doctor Who rank in your fandoms? Well, I mean, I'll say for myself, I, you know, if you've ever read my Instagram uh, description, which has not changed in uh, almost a decade now, uh, it definitely lists I am an Indiana Jones, Doctor Who, Disney fan. uh, And it's just so, you know, it's really great at this point to say all three of those and just know that all of those are equally strong (laughs) in their regards. Uh, so I think they're, I think it's level playing field for me. Okay. You, you have it listed at Disney, Doctor Who, Indiana Jones fan. Okay, sure. <laughs> and now I have filters. Now I have filters. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Back when Instagram was nothing but pictures with filters. <laughs> yeah. It needs an update. <laughs> I remember when right, it looked like so... a little camera. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, remember when you could put a funny, funny, funny background on your pictures? Watch yeah. this boomerang stuff. We we still have filters now, only it makes you look like a cat or a, a an American doll. One of them woofers. <laughs> uh, what about you, Roman? Oh, that's a hard question. Ugh. So there is. So I came up on Doctor Who at like the weirdest time in my life. Just out of high school, going into college, and uh, it's it gonna be cringy. So there was a point where Doctor Who was like a lot influenced a lot of my identity at the time. Okay. Like I started where I started ha- cutting my hair like David Tennant's or like the faux hawk. I started wearing blue suits for some reason because I thought it would cool. The reason I wear Chucks Chucks are my the only shoes I ever wear is because of the Tenth Doctor. Okay. There was, yeah, so, like, there was a point in my life where I was totally consumed by Doctor Who, and, like, and to some degree, I still am. I, if I had to rank it, so, I'd, uh, probably Star Wars, then Doctor Who, maybe anime as a general thing, 
and geeky about maybe star trek below that i don't know <laughs> okay so it's like it's in like your top it's, two or three for both yeah, of you yeah oh absolutely yeah and i i can appreciate and see why that is the case because having uh having dove into a bunch of who recently i i thoroughly enjoyed myself and i was like even uh when the when the boy woke up and i had to be like we can't record right this moment i gotta lay him down again i put on one of the episodes and was like watching it while he was like going back to sleep so yeah i was well, like oh maybe i can get one more episode in i did not thankfully for you guys but <laughs> Well, I should mention that, you know, in preparation for this, we sent you, uh, you asked for recommendations, <laughs> and we sent you a list of, oh, like, again, we're, we cut it down, too. We cut yeah. it down, and we still had, like, 80 episodes to recommend to you within the week time frame <laughs> between when you asked and now. Well, in fairness, you guys did give me the choice of one week or three weeks, and I chose one week, so... Yeah. Well, again, you 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 do have the general grasp on the concept, but I think that's one of the beautiful things about Doctor Who is it's an ever-evolving thing, and that way, there's the reason why we have to even start discussing where we started is because out of sixty years, you just have to jump on and hang on. That's what I'm telling one of my friends that I'm starting to get into Doctor Who right now. I'm just like, you gotta hang on and just ride the ride. <laughs> or what would That's say so you just gotta you just gotta jump into the TARDIS. Absolutely. And trust yeah, the madman with a box. You just gotta keep running. That's or or, wo- or woman. You never know. Yeah. True. Absolutely. <laughs> True. The, Some... Um yeah, I was gonna say I uh I'll I'll put it uh this way though, uh with Roman and yourself and, and me too. Uh I think we're all very familiar with the revival series, as Roman was saying. And uh just to kind of parse the different eras of Doctor Who, uh obviously you have the idea that it started in nineteen sixty three. So there's a huge chunk from nineteen sixty three to nineteen eighty nine, and that's considered classic Who. Uh, and then there's a brief, uh, there's a, well, there is a hiatus, but there's a brief resurgence in 1996 where they try and bring it back for, uh, a television movie, uh, trying to get an American co-production done. And that did not, uh, that did not pan out, but the, uh, but what they did do is that kind of re-ga- re-engaged interest enough to make the Revival series, which premiered in 2005. So when you talk to most Doctor Who fans, they'll be talking about the Revival series from 2005 to actually, by technical standards, 2005 to 2023. And then we have a new era of Doctor Who that's coming up starting uh, 2024. Well, 2023 now. <laughs> Uh, new era or continuation? I just I think uh, you'll have to see more of it to really have an opinion on it. I uh, I was gonna say by by technical standards, new era. They've uh, they've already uh, done some renumbering and things with seasons, and I think they're attempting to make this uh, the same kind of leap, but with very little time uh, time gap. But uh, I will say that the whole thing is a continuation, which is honestly the best part is you could pick up even some of the older episodes. We didn't recommend any, though, because of the time crunch. But uh, there's definitely some standouts from the classic series as well. I will take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) A few of them. (laughs) I mean, well, so like one of the things like as I was like getting ready before you guys sent me the list, so... Uh, just just to put it on Front Street, they sent me 83 episodes, friends. <laughs> I asked Roman for his list, and then Eddie was like, oh, yeah, I co-signed all those choices, and here's some more. And these rap bastards, like, 
literally Roman was like, watch the entirety of this season. And then he's like, watch the entirety of this season. And I'm like, you rap ass. Like, uh, it, it made it such like a, a Sophie's choice, a Grogu's choice of like what I was going to watch. Um, and then because I'm like, well, okay, this is this. So I was like, surely there has to be like a really good list that like fans agree on. And I found like this entertainment weekly list of like the top 50 and the comments weren't like really that negative. There was a lot of like who fans in the comments are like, oh, this list is pretty solid. Like the person that made this list actually likes Doctor Who and it's a nice variety. So I was like, well, which of these episodes are on their list and which aren't? Uh, for the most part, 35 of the episodes were on Eddie and Roman's list, but there were 15 that were not. So the list catapults to freaking 98 oh. episodes. And I'm like, son of a biscuit. <laughs> this this is a monumental task. Maybe I should have done three weeks. Uh, but the good news is I'd already seen 18 of them. So that took me down to 80 episodes, right? <laughs> and if I, if, I don't, if I don't include... The uh, the Entertainment Weekly ones that weren't on your list, I'm down to 65. I'm like, all right, 65. It's not going to happen, but we'll see. In fairness, I watched 13 freaking episodes, like, in a week. And, like, with the with the time availability and stuff, like, I was pretty pretty impressed by that. I'm uh, impressed. That's, that's and, uh, huge. And, and also, I watched all four specials on Disney+. Plus. That's what I watched first before I even asked for you guys' list. So, yeah. So, uh. I watched I watched a bunch. Uh, I even I got an ER from work today, so I got like three extra episodes. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, I basically uh, I birthed and killed every single doctor, unless I'd already <laughs> seen the episode. Uh, so like Eccleston, I didn't rewatch any of that stuff, even though I love it and was very tempted to. But I was like, no, 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 you've seen the entirety of that season. Um, and then there were there was a couple episodes where I was like, oh, I didn't highlight this initially, but I saw this. Like, I've seen this episode. It's very, very familiar to me. And I think uh, there's probably a couple of them that I could have highlighted having watched. It's just I have to, like, see it and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Because uh, not all the episodes are like, oh, yeah, that sticks in my brain. You're just like, oh, yeah. Because I, I feel like I've seen quite a few Matt Smith episodes because uh, my mom was watching it. And I happened to be in the room doing schoolwork. Um, and David Tennant, because I enjoy his, I've, I've gone and watched a bit. So that's all to say uh, it was 65 to so 13. So I only have 51 episodes <laughs> remaining to watch. <laughs> if my math is correct. Well, I, I think the trickiest part, uh, and Roman, you can elaborate on this as well. But I, I think when recommending Doctor Who, especially when we're talking about it in a in a grand sense, is a lot of the greatest storytelling in Doctor Who, especially in the recent seasons, has been season long uh, or like, you know, multiple episode arcs where these emotions, these passions, these stories play out with just how these episodes fit for that character throughout their entire journey. So when you recommend an entire season, it's like, I want you to see the progression of where this character starts and where this character ends. And it it just becomes difficult to be like, well, except for that one. Well, except for that one, you, you just watch the whole thing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's a, uh, I get it. Cause uh, sometimes when you're watching, you're like, Oh, like, Oh, I want to keep going because you know it's going to lead to like the next thing, you know. But uh, you know, it is it is what it is. But what what's your thoughts on old versus new? Uh, who Roman? Uh, so the way I see it, it kind of goes back to like how I see like Star Trek. 
So there's like the original, the original series, and then there's next gen. That's usually how like people are divided. I could never get into original series. Like I grew up on next gen, so that's my Star Trek. Same thing with Doctor Who. Like I, I've like I've I've watched some of the classic Doctor Who show series, but like I could never get into it as much as I did the new new era stuff. I think it's just part of part of it is just that that connection with my time or when I got into it. If I and, uh, if I may make a recommendation for both of you in regards to the classic series. Um, so during the 50th, uh, BBC America made these little mini docu, well, full documentaries based on each of the doctors and then tied a classic episode to each of those. So not only did you get a full comprehensive view of the whole run of that doctor, but then you got to see a highlighted example and that was called, uh, the doctors revisited. Uh, and that's still able to stream certain places. You know, uh, when you mentioned The Doctors Revisited, I actually have seen a lot of those because my mom was interested in it. And I definitely remember watching the one on Tom Baker. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I can co-sign. Like, I, I can't give you any details from it, but I, I definitely been like, oh, this is cool. I think like so I did a little math before you guys sent me your episodes. Here's the problem classic doctor who pre-2005 694 episodes and two specials you know what i mean from from when it when it started in 1963 to to you know when it when it stops in uh 95 something like that i think uh if i'm looking here it's 1989 was uh the last like airing of the seventh doctor um and then there were like two specials that happened after that if you go to the the modern age or the the re uh revised or reimagined whatever you want to call it it's only 153 episodes and 28 specials so like you guys literally gave me a list of like half of the episodes (laughs) you know what i mean so and like yes that's a lot uh, but because they're like, you know, at most like 13 episodes uh, in a season, plus like the specials, it's it's not unmanageable. It's a lot. It surely is a lot. It's, you know, 15 seasons of a show, but it's uh, it's doable over time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think like Eccleston was the most Eccleton, Eccleston and Tenet with 13. And then I think Matt Smith did 13 and then it sort of tapers off with Capaldi as 12 and the new Doctor is 10, 10, and 6. And then it looks like the, the newest iteration of the Doctor is going to be 8. So, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is getting smaller, which is, uh, I'd, say unfor- I'd say unfortunate, but we'll have to see how that pans out. Uh, again, that's where uh, Roman was very uh, prudent in recommending you that whole season because it's the shortest <laughs> one, a very condensed season. Oh, the six, the six. So, yeah, it sort of it sort of struck me that, Eddie, you were like this entire Matt Smith season. Which I was like, thanks, Eddie. And then uh, Roman was like, this entire, you know, uh, Jodie Whittaker season. And I was like, oh, that's, that's six episodes. Like, that'd be more doable. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I, wasn't against Jodie Whittaker. I just, uh, I wanted to go, I wanted, I had a little bit of flavor of everything. So I only saw two of her episodes. I, I birthed her and I killed her. Um, <laughs> but I enjoyed, I enjoyed well, no, I said that. Like, you know what I mean? I did that for all the doctors. Uh, when Peter Capaldi started, I, I actually I didn't say it in my intro, but I was like, I'm gonna get back on board. 
And I, I don't know how many episodes of that season. I think I watched it, and then they took a break where there was, like, a month or something between episodes. And then I just never jumped back on, like, when it started airing again. So I think I saw, like, the first five or six of that. Uh, but then when I went and looked at the, the recaps of the episodes, I was like, I don't remember any of that. So I didn't, like, highlight them. <laughs> I only yeah. highlighted the, the premiere because I know I saw that for sure. That I saw the T-Rex the in London. So yeah, was... I've been into the uh, I've been into the like the highs and the lows of the of the doctors recently, and just like yeah, Capaldi's first season, he's fantastic. But yeah, the the, the stories and the where it goes is a little. <laughs> well, so like the the wildest thing for me is when you guys were like picking episodes from like every season. There's an entire season of Jodie Whittaker that you guys just at first I thought you didn't pick anything from it. And then I realized that there was a two year two year gap or like uh season or series eleven is twenty eighteen and series twelve is twenty twenty. And I was like, oh okay, they didn't leave that out. It's just because it was every year, it it, it sort of like threw me off. So but yeah, well, I, was like, uh, I guess that's a that's a good oh go ahead, Roman. Well that was the that's the weird thing about it being like British television. Like because we're we're so used to like having season after season every year. The Doctor Who season like, series aren't always like consistently every year. Like there'd be like long gaps between them. Like right. I think the last two, the yeah, the last two years of David Tennyson, like there wasn't even a full series. They were just specials, and it it, it expanded like two years. So uh, yeah, um, I forgot where I was yeah. going with that. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, I mean, they just BBC was figuring out what they were going to do. And it's all based on like viewership and like engagement. But I guess that's a good segue to just go through. Uh, we don't we don't we could be as long or as short as we want. But did we want to we're only going to talk about Eccleston on. I think we've agreed. Uh, but are we going to do like season by season or doctor by doctor? Like, what do you guys think? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think we you know what? Let's start simply by starting with a season and a doctor which is how the revival series started with uh eggleston and series one and then we'll we'll see how we go on from there okay i mean i think doctor by doctor is probably easiest uh instead of just doing like you know the the seasons uh in the interest of of time and sanity it's probably easier <laughs> <laughs> and in the name of the doctor <laughs> i mean but like literally saying it season by season doctor by doctor it's the same damn thing it's just uh, a matter of whether you want like you know series one or whether you want to yeah. say you know at the eccleston era i mean the one thing i will say it's sort of it was it was a disservice to me to start with eccleston a because that series is so good but because you only get one season I think if I'd been able to get three seasons with him and then a regeneration, it might have hit me different. But because I'm so, like, entrenched in, like, you know, episodic season television, when it, all of a sudden it just, like, switches. It, like, to me, it would be, like, getting into The Simpsons in, like, 1989, and at the end of it, Homer Simpson is a completely different character. Yeah. And you're like, but what? Like, you know what I mean? And like I, I get Rose came back, and like, I'll be real, I'm a red-blooded American male. I was, I was in for Rose completely. Bad wolf, my friends. Uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, I think it just, uh, I needed, I needed a, a companion Hoovian to uh, walk me through my feelings when that, when that series ended with episode thirteen. It's a, it's a tricky thing yeah. to lose a doctor, because uh, it's not like. 
I know the big comparison to that is James Bond, where, you know, oh, it's a different actor, but, you know, you get the gist. No, no, it is part of the story is losing them and having to cope with that. And in certain cases, like with Rose, you have to deal with, like, your audience surrogate is dealing with it with you. Yeah. It, uh, I don't know. Roman? Um, I love Eccleston. I love the Ninth Doctor. I was okay. I was okay with him doing one season because from okay. the kind of because of the kind of the kind of actor he is. I don't know if he could if he would be able to do to put up with being the Doctor for more than one season. Okay. And I don't know. I like I liked the idea that okay, he only gets one season, then he gets, then he regenerates. That's a whole introduction to a whole set of lore to a new audience, especially this new se- this new series this new era of doctor who that's going to be seen in america more than the classic one and like it's kind of it's the thought of regeneration that kind of got me curious to look back in like to look back into doctor who because yeah i remember remember i said my first episode was the christmas invasion the first episode with david tennant and i was like wait that's not the guy i don't remember that's not the the doctor that i remember hearing about in the revivals so i had to go back and like oh that's what regeneration is Oh, that's crazy! It looks like it's a different person, but the same. <laughs> so I was okay. I was okay with that. I do wish that he would say okay to coming back for specials, though. Yeah, I I saw an interview with him where he said like he just feels like it would cheapen what he did. No, <laughs> that's that's just sort of how he feels about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know. You gotta respect I think, that. I think my opinions on Eccleston as the performer has changed a lot recently just because um, he's been a little more vocal and a little more clear about why he left and who was uh, the reasons why. And it's 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 never been the fans. Uh, I think the tricky part is, yeah, I think that he wants to separate himself from it. But also, I, I think he has a decent respect for what he did. And I and I commend that, uh, at least. Yeah. I mean, I Rose being one of my favorite companions. I don't know if she's my favorite favorite, uh, but like I don't know. It just uh, it was good, and like it it brings you know you get you get Daleks, you get Cybermen. You know what I mean? You get you get a lot of that lore being returned to you, uh, and it they also sort of like softly go into it where uh, yeah. or it doesn't like slam you in the face but uh it i don't know just uh it was great and i think uh you know primarily russell t davies did a great job of bringing doctor who back for a whole new generation yeah i think the trickiest part for me going back to uh series one when i do show people it because obviously you know uh they'll know the tenants they'll know the um they'll know the matt smiths you know just through popular culture but when you look back on series one and eccleston um it's not necessarily his performance and the uh and i will say the stories are fantastic it's the visual effects for me that make it a real hard pill to swallow sometimes <laughs> they're like i i i described it to a friend as um the the scene in father's day where you have those little like winged vampire like creatures um i was like it's a legionnaire's that not legionnaires uh langoliers geez langoliers oh. level of uh of visual effects where you want to be caught up in this fantastic story father's day is a is a fantastic episode but i can't stop staring at oh these these things 
it becomes very classic <laughs> Doctor Who very, very quickly in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, but you get a little bit of that in school reunion with Tennant, too, you know? Yeah. It, it evens out probably, probably around series three or four. Yeah. So that's uh, one thing going back, like watching it, you know, 10 years ago uh, when the when it was like, you know, like five, six, seven years old. I, I wasn't I wasn't as struck by like the datedness of like the film techniques and the way it's shot. And like going back now, I'm like, oh, yeah, this was shot a while ago <laughs> versus like modern, like, you know, Capaldi on where you're like, oh, man, this is these are different style cameras. <laughs> so. But yeah, are we in the weirdest way? It captures the time. It's, you know, that's I mean, not only the technology, it's very let's call it like Jurassic Park in a certain way, where not only the technology that is in the thing, you know, the cell phones, all these, uh, uh, you know, uh, just the stuff you see captured of London of that contemporary era, the, the effects are of that time, too, which, again, there was a little dip there and it's television and things like that. But it adds, you know. It's not at least like the, you know, George Lucas special editions. It's it is what it is. And there hasn't been any like update to it. And it's kind of respectable in that regard. Yeah. yeah but I think uh, I I liked uh, I liked the Eccleston version. And if we're if we're being honest, like, you know, as every other incarnation of the Doctor happens, there's always like a comparison back to that first one. But I know there's an entire generation of people that probably have never even seen it or are not interested, you know. Like where they consign him to the the Pertwees and the Bakers, you know. And that's not that fascinating <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but I mean, 2005, so we're coming up on 20 years of modern Doctor Who. Yeah. So that's uh, it, you know, it's it's it hit 60 years, but like one third of that is modern stuff. So yeah, Roman, uh, any thoughts on Eccleston before we move on? Um, I don't, I I don't know. I just I still love Eccleston. What always stood out for me is the way, like, he carried, um, the way he performed the Doctor, he carried so much character to that. It, you could tell with his performances, like, there's a history behind the Doctor that we still don't know about that he always brought, he brought to that character. Like, one of my favorite episodes during that season was Dalek, because it introduced, it reintroduced the classic, the classic enemy, the Daleks, but then, like, it gave you this whole history of, oh, what's this time where they're talking about? What's this, what's going on? It's like one of those, and it's one of the first moments to see the Doctor like full on unhinged, that like Eccleston does like really well. Because before yeah. that, he's he's silly, traveling, trying to trying to impress Rose. But then in that episode, he's he sees a Dalek, he he loses it, and like for a moment, you like you're actually scared of what the Doctor's gonna do. And like that was for me, that's one of my my favorite performances in that season. Nice. Yeah, that that Dalek episode is really good. Like he goes, why don't you just die? And I'm like, oh dang. <laughs> yeah, yeah dalek is is fantastic it's the perfect reintroduction yeah yeah i i mean it's so like the daleks are such a silly sci-fi concept but uh every time they show up on screen i'm like here here i am for more of this <laughs> so and uh, i think the the modern doctor who has done so much more with like the cybermen and the daleks which is interesting versus just being like metal bad guys 
Yeah, and and again, every time they reintroduce a old classic villain, it takes that and not only gives it a visual upgrade, but it adds so much to the story. I mean, well, before we move on from Eggleston, let's take a moment to just like you know say what you will about even the episodes, the effects, all these different uh, parts of season one or series one with uh, Eggleston. The biggest change from the classic series to now is the introduction of the idea of the time war and how, you know, our, the, the, the doctor who was, you know, so carefree and uh, frivolous is now this burdened character. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's very much like a wounded, not wounded, but like shell-shocked, war-weary traveler that, like, and he, he doesn't really talk about it that much in season one, but then you still feel it through how the doctor is. Yeah, because the, the time war happens between, like, classic and new, right? Yeah. So it kind of okay. it takes place bet- after the American special and then and following up to season one, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, so is that time to move into David Tennant? Uh, Barcelona. <laughs> Take us away, Juanita. <laughs> Alonzi to, uh, to David Tennant. Oh gosh! I mean, how do we? That's this is the tricky part. Is now how do we capture Tennant in a in a <laughs> in a grand stroke here? This is, you know, he's such an amazing performer. Like uh, I, uh, having tried to get a friend into Doctor Who, I was just rewatching uh, the Christmas Invasion, and uh, while I think that episode is not necessarily a superb episode for showing off the Doctor, because he only really shows up for about like 10. the last 15, 15 minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when he shows up, there's you can't take your eyes off the screen. What oh. a, an amazing performance! Just yeah. immediately like commanding the audience to be like, I know who this person is. But I, I will say, and this is the weird part. Even earlier in the episode, when he's unconscious and just has these bouts of just like, oh, well, I know what this is. Oh, gotta go. He's still fantastic. It's just what a what an amazing choice uh, as as a performer for the Doctor. Uh, and again, fantastic that he's a fan himself. He's been a fan for years and years and years. Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest difference with all the British actors. Like they grew up on it. You know what I mean? It was their regular television. Yeah. I don't know. What uh, what would be like an American, maybe Star Trek? Yeah, that's you know? fair. I think yeah, that's although, our closest illusion, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's uh, David Tennant just, uh, wow. I, I, I love, I love, so it's sort of complicated. So today, as, uh, as I was finishing up the last episode that I watched before this, Heather came in and was like, oh, you're watching the Doctor Who. And I've, I've like floated the idea to her, like, hey, once we like catch up on the recent, the current show that we're watching, uh, unless one of the other shows we like to watch pops up, like, would you be interested in just like watching Doctor Who together? And she was like, okay. And I was like, the first season's so good. And like the second Doctor, I think you're going to fall in love with them. I was like, it's David Tennant. And she like looked at me like, why, like blank face. And I was like, it's Dave, <laughs> David Tennant. And she was like, uh huh. And I was like, there's no recognition. And she was like, no, I was like, the it's the guy that did the voice of Hu Yang and did the voice of the, the robot in Shawnee's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. And Scrooge like, McDuck. That was like McDuck, the current voice yeah. of Scrooge McDuck on DuckTales. And she was like, oh yeah, I recognize that voice. And I was like, so I showed her a picture and she was like, no. And I was like, oh my God, like, wow, how are we in such different places where I'm like, gum, David Tennant, freaking good omens, David Tennant. And she's like, nope. <laughs> 
So it'll it'll be fine. We'll uh we'll see. Oh yeah, Jessica Jones as well. Jessica Jones. I, I mentioned that, but uh, I don't think she's seen. I don't think she's seen it. So yeah, Purple Man. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. I was um sorry. I was watching the the new episodes of uh, Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur. Uh huh. And he pops up. He's one. He's a he's a alien dog. <laughs> okay, nice. Spoilers, but like as soon as I hear that voice, I'm like, it's David Tennant. I know that. Yeah. Voice. Uh, Barney yeah. Crouch Jr. in Harry Potter and the uh, mm. Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> totally sure. Yeah, wasted, actually, but yes. <laughs> that's uh, that's perfect. When uh, next time I talk to my wife, I'll mention Harry Potter and say, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know who that is. I'll say, "Watch your heels." Balmora. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he uses his sonic yeah. screwdriver and puts the, <laughs> the dark mark in the sky. He he regenerates in that one too. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, the 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 stuff with him and Rose, like the way they carry through the companion into the new Doctor is just uh, so freaking great. Oh man, I don't even like it. Just tears tears at your heartstrings. Yeah, it's uh, it's a heartbreaking tale. Yeah. Um, what uh, what more? What more for uh, for of uh, the uh, <laughs> the the tenant era of the Who? Well, I will say, I think breaking down the companions like you're saying so we have rose who i think is you know a fantastic companion but in the end of things when you come back around on this season um on season four and uh the specials it becomes kind of uh put on a pedestal and you know is not quite the same character in my opinion and then you have uh donna which she's fantastic in a firecracker uh, I think my favorite companion of is uh, is actually Martha. Martha? Because oh. I know a lot of people don't like Martha because she's, oh, she's in love with the Doctor and things like that. I'm like, well, yeah, he's the Doctor. <laughs> it's like you... Ro- Rose is 100% it? in love with them, too, so... Yeah, yeah like... it's it's um how to describe it was I think River Song says later, you know, you know, you could stare at a monument, but you don't expect the monument to love you back. It's like, you know, it, yeah, she's going to have this unending love, but she's a capable, you know, companion. She's a, you know, a, a doctor herself and does a lot of really good things. I know uh, people love Donna, but I I I. Oh, I when I was rewatching the last time, I just could not stand the uh, she she takes the high road a lot, <laughs> which is funny because her character is also, you know, uh, hilarious, but also a little bit selfish in a certain way. But in, in the best possible way, I think that's very evident in the um, in the uh, specials. They, you know, they make the point of, oh, she's trying to do good, but then winds up when she comes back to her own self, she's like, I gave away all my money. And I'm like, yeah. That would be that would be how Donna would react. So when she takes the yeah. high road in all different episodes, I, I just kind of take a step back and I go, yeah, I don't know about this one. Yeah, I mean, the the companions like Rose and Donna and Martha and even Wilfred, you know what I mean? Oh, I Wilfred's love, great. Ah, well. Yeah, so like the, the companions are all solid. I think the, the crazy thing to me was like rewatching, or did I watch it for the first time? Like Runaway Bride when Donna like first shows up. I think I watched it for this because um, I was like having watched the specials on Disney Plus. I'm like, I want to go back to like when she first shows up, you know, and especially because I, I watched Doomsday for this and like, oh, my God, like how how does he ever move on? <laughs> it's just uh, so heartbreaking. Uh, but it's it's such a cheesy episode 
But then the way it ends with the doctor's decision with the freaking uh, the Ragnos queen, you're just like, oh my god, that's fucking dark. Like, yeah, it, uh, it's it's like the exact exact opposite of everything you love about David Tennant's doctor. Um, and just uh, I think it just lends so much to that episode where you're like, this is uh this is like a new side that I'm I'm not exactly like seen at this point it's just uh i don't know i loved it very much i think the advent of the time war has really given that gravitas to the character that you get moments like that with eccleston with tenant with smith with uh capaldi and whitaker you get these moments of i have done horrible things um and but also cast judgment on other people you know even uh 14 later uh has these you know this entire monologue of just yeah the human race you are all you know your your gut instinct is war and you know hating each other and things like that which is you know true but also can you know they the the doctor can empathize with the the good in humanity and it can happen back to back and i think uh runaway bride like you were saying is a fantastic example of that uh towards the end uh, I will say, what was it? Oh, some interesting concepts that come out of like the uh, tenant era that really come into play later. I like the, um, I really love the chameleon arch. I know I kept recommending to uh, Joey the uh, two-parter, the human nature family of blood, just because mm-hmm. it's a fantastic episode to have, you know, David Tennant be the doctor, but can be a completely different character. And he does it so fantastically. Uh, and then you tie that with Blink comes right after it. It's it's season three is so fantastic. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I uh, when I was thinking about the the extra three episodes that I was gonna watch today when I had the extra time, I uh, I went with uh, the Entertainment Weekly ranking. And alas, your uh, your your two parter recommendation wasn't on there. But instead, I watched Heaven Sent and Hell Bent, and fuck those episodes are great. They're fantastic. Oh, they're so so great. So uh, I don't I don't regret my decision until I watch your two parter. Oh no! So. I mean, again, uh, I've seen that list as well. I should mention, and it's a fantastic uh, it's a fantastic list. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it uh, and I I was proud of you guys on a on a list of fifty to have like thirty five out of fifty. That's pretty good. It's the fact that we whittled it down so much, <laughs> and we still gave you like three weeks worth of <laughs> review to see. I think when you asked uh, me, I I yeah. said, oh, my list is gonna be twenty plus, and like yeah, I went I went up to maybe forty, and I had to cut some, and then Eddie just threw them back on my list. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "Wow, man, no blink, no, no, these other ones." I, I think I was just uh, the the experiment of seeing which Entertainment Weekly episodes were not on you guys' list, and I was like, "Wow, to, to have only missed fifteen, that's pretty freaking good." The yeah. Well, I mean, if we want to take a moment, we could also be like, "It's very hard to pick a bad episode of Doctor Who," but <laughs> I, I think we'll they, get there. They do exist. <laughs> All right. So before we do that, uh, we've talked about tenants. So what about Matt Smith? Uh, See, here's where I get biased. And that's where I recommended you a whole season of uh, Matt Smith's. I that that is my doctor. Uh, Obviously, I started there, but also just the again, I think it's the childlike wonder mixed with the darkness played by such a young actor um, and able to 
keep the gravitas there of, you know, make the balance between the two. Um, But I think what I also enjoy about Matt Smith's run is with Stephen Moffat taking over as head writer, every episode, I, I, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a romantic. I'm a sentimentalist. And just the fact that every single episode, the whole seasons are entrenched in this, fantasy like setting or fantasy feeling everything feels like a uh, like a like a storybook you know even uh uh the doctor says amelia pond it's like a name from a fairy tale it's it it, it warms my heart to see science fiction taken in this artistic route and uh i really really adore matt smith's doctor i mean yeah he was he was 26 like before that it was peter davison that uh, was the youngest doctor at 29. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they, they bounced back and forth. And, like, you know, Peter Capaldi, when he took over the role, was the same age as the original doctor. So, like, they, they bounced between, like, in the 50s to, to you know, up to the 20s, right? Uh, and that's one of the, the nice things about the the differences. <sighs> keep talking. Keep giving love because I've got thoughts on, on Matt Smith. <laughs> Oh, it, okay. <laughs> Roman? Um, so I had, I don't know, I had mixed feelings about Matt Smith. Because as, like, where, where the 11th is your doctor, Eddie, the 10th was my doctor. Every right. sense of the word. Like, he was my doctor. And, like, I knew it was coming. I knew, like, he's going to regenerate eventually. But it was, like, really hard for me to let go when it finally happened. So when Matt he, Smith he came was like, up. I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go. I'm like, I don't want to go either. Dang. <laughs> Like, I don't know if 15 years from now I'll get to see you again, but I don't know. But you will. So it was like, it was, nah, but like, so at the time it was, it was like, I was, I, was, I was going through a grieving process. Like, oh no, okay, my doctor's gone, but we got this new guy. And what I was noticing at the time was like, oh, he's bringing, he brought in a whole new generation or like, yeah, generation of fans, Eddie included. And like, and yeah. it was, it was kind of like, it felt like, yeah, I felt like going like it was the same feeling as like graduating from high school, but then going back and meeting the, the class before you. <laughs> like it's a whole different age group was was coming into the fandom, and like I wasn't I wasn't I didn't take it as a negative, but I was like, oh, this is different. Oh, this is weird. Oh, this is gonna take getting used to. And then he grew on me. Well, I mean, like, that I loved, was the... I loved how like how zany he was, but then he the same thing with David Tennant. Like he'd be crazy, but then when he had his dark moments, he had his dark moments. I love that he brought that on. Yeah, the the I mean, this was the boom of Doctor Who uh, in the U.S. Yeah. and worldwide. I mean, I've been going to Comic Con since uh, you know 2008, and just uh, seeing the evolution of just how big you know. Obviously, every nerd at Comic Con knows Doctor Who and loves <laughs> Doctor Who, but seeing the actual representation there, like I've seen Matt Smith there, I've seen uh, Peter Capaldi, <laughs> and it's just you know, especially Capaldi. I mean, he walks out into any stage and he's a rock star but just seeing that uh evolution to the point where they wrote america into the script you know the the whole opening of season six begins with yeah. them traveling to america and they filmed it in the uh, uh monument valley oh yeah yeah <laughs> But I do, I do like. Oh God, sorry. I know I'm just waxing poetic here, but I'll do it all day long. I I love um, 
I just love where his story goes from just this, you know, you, you start pretty basic of this is the doctor and he does everything. He's a little wacky, but he has this dark side. And that's where you get some episodes like Amy's Choice, where you get uh, Toby Jones portraying the Dream Lord, which is the the real like ugh, the, the nitty gritty of uh, who the doctor is. Uh, and then you get into the uh, the season six where. You know, everything's you know, the whole idea is the universe is against is or at least a very large uh, group is against the doctor. And you have uh, the to the point where they want to kill him. And then he goes on this. It's a very subtle storyline of the doctor gets erased from one uh, like memory bank, a giant memory bank in the universe and goes on like this mini crusade going through just trying to delete himself just trying to pull back because he he just cannot stand being the doctor anymore and that like you say he has these high moments and he has these depressive moments there's a whole uh episode where he's just in this depressive funk um and a new companion has to pull him out of it with the uh with the snowman and i just i i love that there are highs and there are lows within this single uh, character's journey. And, uh, you know, well, I'm sure we'll bring it up in a, in a moment, but also towards the end, you bring that all around to say that this doctor is technically the last doctor and was just kind of running to things before they fade and die. And, you know, the last hurrah, it's like, like, a, like an alligator, like a crocodile death roll yeah, of, a, of a season. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Roman, um, I will say that like the eleventh Doctor era that brought two of my like all time favorite episodes, uh, Vincent and the Doctor and the Doctor's Wife. Those are like my two like top episodes. They're both really good. Vincent and They're the Doctor really is is amazing. I think so, Vincent and the Doctor always hit me because just as an artist, I was like, uh, I always, cry, I I'll never not cry at the last fifteen minutes of that episode. So, so here's what I'll say about Matt Smith, Eddie. I agree. Bow ties are cool. Yes, 100. Uh, percent He shows like I I watched the the 11th hour for this. I didn't enjoy it. I was like, okay, cool. Really? This, was, this was his introduction, and it's listed number three on Entertainment Weekly. Saying I was like, it's fine, whatever. Um, I just. Matt Smith is a doctor that is saved by some fucking amazing episodes and writing, but it's not because he's a good doctor. Uh, I I think other actors could have could have been better. Uh, I think like he just literally inserted into like Doctor Who at its peak, and because of the quality of the writing and the show and the companions, uh, he got saved by it. And uh, I think like I think it could have been better if it was a a different actor. To be honest. I, uh, I'll I'll give you I'll give you this I I see where you're coming from because here's the thing in the end all be all of things David Tennant and Tom Baker are your doctors they are the quintessential opinion of what the doctor should be and is and that is undeniable but where I think I come in as a Matt Smith fan there is he is a type of doctor. And it is the yeah. portrayal type that I that I am drawn to, and I totally get that. So That's like, a personal vibe. So like Tom Baker has the distinction of being the Doctor who got like six or seven seasons. You know what I mean? He got to be the Doctor for like 
forever. Um, where he's people's doctors because freaking yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons, and and like they're all like twenty to twenty eight episodes. You know what I mean? It's so much content. Um, I think if David Tennant had gotten a chance to do three more seasons of Doctor Who, uh, we'd like it even more. <laughs> uh, that's uh, well, we make it. Yeah, if we make it that wish. <laughs> that's, that's uh, yeah. That's my uh, non non Whovian opinion, uh, but that said, there there's some really freaking great great episodes with Matt Smith, and I can't argue like freaking the the episodes that that you know Vincent and the Doctor and freaking uh, the Doctor's wife, uh, uh, the end of time, the freaking the specials with Day of the Doctor and and all that Asylum of the or yeah Asylum of the Daleks right, uh, it's river everything with river song it's just so it's really good i like his companions and his companions are very concise it's not even as much as like tenant it's like freaking truly like five people um and they're all very distinct and one of and one of my favorite companions starts with matt smith and carries over to capaldi uh but uh yeah like it's it's hard for me because i'm like someone's like oh matt smith and i'm like yeah he's fine but i like those episodes <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I don't hate him, you know what I mean? Because, like, obviously he has to be some kind of an actor to, like, pull it off. But I, I'm with uh, I'm with Roman in the camp that, like, David Tennant is just so iconic. I, and I, I can't disagree there either. I will say one of the things that, um, you know, at, as people have noted after the fact is when you do look back, and I, and I think it is a little bit of um, where Matt Smith is, is separated from, almost purposefully from the rest of the recent canon of doctors is he does not get to face some of the most iconic like you know everybody knows there's going to be daleks everybody knows there's going to be cybermen but matt smith never has an episode with someone like the likes of the master or davos right. and that gets pushed back until we get to capaldi or you have these amazing portrayals that came from the tenant run so it's one of those things where he's almost operating at a loss anyways because you 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 had these so well done and you don't want to bring him back too soon and he gets kind of caught in this valley of uh of that type of storytelling but then you fill it in with other really unique stuff like the uh like the silence yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right that, that was just that was that was me gushing about 11 and you two being like ah, i don't know about this guy so... <laughs> no i mean like like me and Roman said, there's so many great freaking episodes from his run, so that's undeniable. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that takes it to uh, the the twelfth Doctor, none other portrayed by Peter Capaldi. Who wants to go first? Uh, I can go. Um, so Capaldi was a weird jump because in, you go from a young Doctor to an old to way older Doctor, and I I remember the time like there was a lot of fans that were trepidatious about that, like oh we don't. Oh, how come he's old again? And then I don't know. I remember him regenerating to that at a weird time in my life because I was like on the cusp of my 30s. <laughs> okay. So I was, I was, I was like, oh God, I'm gonna be 30. I'm gonna be an old, the start of my old man era for me. <laughs> hey, I just turned Our, 30, Roman. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's gonna get there. I'll turn <laughs> Scottish too, don't you? <laughs> but no, oh, Ro like, Roman. Hold on. So you were turning. So Roman, how close in age are we? I'm 36. Oh yeah. So I'm only seven years older than you. Yeah. Yeah. You're 
You're as old as my youngest, or as my oldest cousin. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, like you, because I 2014. I, I'm I'm 34. So you What's were 20, 27. So 27. Yeah. So I was like the tail end of my 20s, and then so yeah, yeah. I was like starting to feel that. I'm like, oh gosh, my my 20s are ending. So oh, there's a new doctor. So it was interesting to like, oh, an older doctor, and then I'm being an old. I'm gonna be an older fan of this series. So it was an interesting jump for me. But then, like, you go from the weird, the the kooky Matt Smith to the cranky old Peter Capaldi, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, that was a, it was an interesting got change for me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. He yeah. is wonderful. Yes. I um I remember that again. Speaking of how big Doctor Who gets, you know, the other ones, uh, you know, you, you get announcements of who the Doctor is very subtly. They had a whole special that was like like a mass singer kind of thing, where it was just like it, it was one episode, but it was just like leading up to who's gonna be the new Doctor. And I remember I was in uh, Paris at the time that they were announcing. Uh, Peter Capaldi and uh, I I ducked into a Starbucks on the Champs-Élysées to connect to Wi-Fi just so I could watch who this next doctor could be and I was filled with nothing but excitement because uh, at the point where you have you know I will say this if you have to broach the gap between Matt Smith and David Tennant or even Eccleston to Tennant if you're in for the show you're in for the show (laughs) And it's it's less about who is the doctor and, you know, who's going to be the face carrying this legacy. And it, again, speaking of people who are fans, amazing choice with Peter Capaldi and how he captured the role so perfectly. But I will say, I do think that his first season is a rough start. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they were prepared for Matt Smith to leave. I feel there's definitely episodes that feel very shoehorned in that uh, change a few lines around. This is for Matt, but we're going to change it around. And uh, just remember, he's old and he's grumpy. Yeah. Uh, like into the Dalek ends with this huge speech, which is very Rings of Akaten kind of uh, coded. It's uh, yeah, he's he's doing a fantastic job, but the material is not serving him. And I kind of fell off a little bit during that first season i thought he's a fantastic performer but i was like some of the you know i'm just not in love with where the story was going and especially when they were trying to introduce missy uh through that whole first season i was not i was not about i was not about it and especially where it ended up with uh with the cybermen story that they were telling at the end as it still is not one of my favorites and then you get to his second season and season nine almost immediately redeems everything and the first two episodes are fantastic in my opinion yeah that that entire series i like series eight but series nine is is such a payoff for sticking in yeah and then there's there's lots of great stuff in series 10 too oh yeah and bill is fantastic as a as a companion just what a what a what a firecracker i love it yeah uh oh man freaking uh freaking clara god god i love me some clara like to the moon and back like oh man so yeah that's i mean we'll talk about it later but it's my it's my favorite companion (laughs) i just i love me some clara like i love that actress it's just so freaking uh jenna coleman just killing it i don't is she related to olivia coleman i 
don't believe so. I think I looked that up a while ago, but I could be wrong. I don't know, just two actresses that I adore named Coleman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so and everything with uh with him and and Clara, I just I and I think uh, because I I fell in love with Eccleston as the Doctor, Capaldi is a return to that type of Doctor. Yeah, you know, like granted he's older. But uh, I I liked his uh, idiosyncrasies. I liked I mean I love David Tennant and now we got a Scottish doctor again, you know, and uh, and he plays the electric guitar like I don't I just uh, and because like he he was like no frills no nonsense yeah he had a dapper velvet jacket but uh, yeah he was real quick to be like shut up <laughs> you know and uh, I I appreciated that like even when the episodes were being silly he was not the silly aspect of it. I think it's the, the when so. you see his childlike glee, um, it, it's a bit different because, you know, you kind of expect that out of somebody like Matt Smith. But then you have him just when you see Capaldi smile, it is the most heartwarming thing because, you know, <laughs> there's, a, there's a plan that's coming together. He's succeeding. It's uh, or he's just having the time of his life. Well, yeah, and I, I was so Heather was here when we, I was watching Heaven Set and Hell Bent, and uh, I was like, I don't know what it is about him, babe. I said, because looking at him, he like if you just saw a picture of him, he doesn't exude cool just at face value. Like he's skinny, he's angular, like he really like I could see David Tennant getting old and looking like Peter Capaldi. You know what I mean? Like, but there's just something. I mean, I've seen an old David Tennant, and he's old baby boy. <laughs> but but they're. Uh, there's something fucking cool about Peter Capaldi. And my wife said, yeah, he just, he has that Benedict Cumberbatch like this. Like, we're just like, if you saw him on the street, you're like, who's this dweeb? But when they're acting, you're just like, God, they're cool. Like, man. And uh, yeah. you want to talk menace when Peter Capaldi tells somebody, <clears throat> I am never going to stop. I am coming for you. You're like, be afraid, mother trucker. Be afraid. Because... <laughs> Because this this man is gonna mess you up. Oh yeah, and, one of my favorite images and, from his time is like it's when he's driving into the the Dalek room and he's in Davros's chair and all the all the dogs are oh shit. <laughs> yeah, like David Tennant had that, Eccleston had that. I never was afraid of Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, maybe maybe I'm, I just I like my doctors to make me a little afraid. I mean, hey, I, I get that. But I, I will say in the in the evolution of Capaldi's doctor, I do, you know, I think why one of the other reasons just visually why it works from like ser uh, series nine and ten as opposed to eight is, you know, they they if you look at how he's dressed, they start him so stuffy. He has those really like, you know, tight collars and uh, things like that. And once in a blue moon, he'll throw on uh, a sweater, uh, a jumper. And it's like, oh, that's a little more cozy. And then, yeah, first episode, like you say, comes out playing an electric guitar on the on the top of a tank. But yeah, they started putting him in T-shirts, hoodies, and then his coat on top. So he kept his signature look, but you get that, you know, relaxed rocker kind of vibe to it. And oh. that's that's who the that's who the twelfth Doctor is. He Art. is he's a rock and roll like he's like Keith Richards. <laughs> he's so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Forgot yeah. to mention his Sonic Ray Bands. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Sonic sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. Although the, the 3D glasses on Tenet will always be near and dear to my heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Rainy specs. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so Capaldi, I think, uh, do we have anything more to say about him? Um, one of the like the like the story threads that I loved about him is the fact that it's the same actor that played another character in Fires of Pompeii. And then like I was I remember when they announced him as the as the next doctor, I was like, Oh, well he wasn't he didn't he play someone else in Doctor Who already? And then they actually wrote they actually worked in why does he have the same face? Why why this? And then I loved how it, later on in later the later seasons like oh I, I remember what now I know why I have his face is to remind me to keep me to the mark to yeah. save people and I was like and like that's one of my favorite things about the Peter Capaldi era is like oh it's the the point of his face is oh to remind him to be to be the doctor yeah, yeah. that's that is really freaking cool I love when they make uh, referential things like that. There's a there's one in uh, the tenant episode where they talk about Torchwood because uh, Eve Miles is in uh, is in an episode of Doctor Who as well. Um, yeah, these the, it's just and making sense of it. I mean, also Karen Gillan is in uh, Fires of Pompeii as well. There's only like mm. ten actors in Britain. So, you know. <laughs> Funny. All right, and then we gotta we gotta finish off with Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. Hey, I don't have much say. to say. I've only. I've only I've only birthed her and killed her, as I said. So you guys, what are your, what are your thoughts? I'm I'm curious. <laughs> her her fashion sense is very Tom Baker to me, or maybe even uh, who is the really colorful like classic like Doctor uh, Six Doctor. Yeah. So like I I was like okay I, I see what they're doing there, and uh, I feel like the two episodes I saw I really enjoyed. I think like she brings like the fun and the energy like back to the portrayal. And I feel bad for her because it's tough being the first female doctor. Like, so, like, and the world, unfortunately, is not a not a happy lack of misogyny place. So I want, I actually want to watch, like, all of her stuff. I just have to go back and give the time to the previous doctors before I do so. Yeah, I think I think so. it's a it's a very tricky uh, area to broach because I think that so I here here's a few things. <laughs> I I think I approach Whitaker in the same way that you approach Smith. Okay. Because I think she's a fantastic actress in a lot of different things. But for some reason, I don't know. Uh, I just don't necessarily feel it from her in the episodes that she's in. But I will say there was a time during the uh, pandemic where she wrote her own script and is fantastic. She like immediately like, oh, oh that's the doctor. That's what I've been missing this whole time. Uh, they did a they did a uh, basically all the doctors talking about how great the nurses are doing and the healthcare providers during the early uh, era. And she wrote her own script and it was fantastic. But I think the weakest part of her entire run is the is the Chibnall scripts. I, I, I don't think that's necessarily an unpopular opinion at this point, but I do think that she is not if she you know, even if she was giving it her all. I don't think she's serviced well by the scripts uh, and stories that she's given to uh, tell, which is an unfortunate, uh, unfortunate thing. Yeah, because the showrunner changes when she takes over, right? Right. So, yeah, that it's, was Chris. It's not Chibnall. Russell T. Davies. It's not Stephen Moffat. It's the era of Chibnall, right? Yep. So, yeah. But that okay. being said, there are I mean, fantastic then... parts to the show. I mean, uh, uh, Sasha Dewan as the master is fantastic. Like, that is that's the breath of fresh air that I absolutely enjoy in the Whitaker era is uh, just this. You know, it sucks to throw away the Missy stuff where you've evolved this character to possibly be less evil. But the fact that 
he's having so much fun. He's it's just like the classic uh, madman evil counterpart uh, part, and he plays it so well. He's so great. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I saw of him was in the the last, you know, where she dies, where he's Rasputin and all that. But I was like, ooh, this is interesting. Yeah, and again, just commands the scenes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, because uh, I, I remember, like, talking to my mom and her friends about, like, the regeneration. I was like, wait, like, Jodie Whittaker's the very last Doctor, isn't she? Because it's the 13th regeneration. Uh, but then, of course, if you include John Hurt, then it would have been Matt Smith, or it would have been Peter Capaldi, right? Uh, yeah, so... Mm, oh, go ahead, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to step on your toes there, but yeah. So yeah, you include if it's if you include John Hurt, and if you uh, also include the Metacrisis Doctor, which was the uh, Tenant fake-out from the end of Season 4. Okay. And then that makes Matt huh. Smith the last one. And that's why Time of the Doctor is really focused uh, in on... Uh, oh, it's the last time, and then getting the second regeneration cycle uh, from the Time Lords, which is all moot by Chibnall. <laughs> and that, well, and I, I, re- I remember that from uh, from Time of the Doctor, like it was a big deal and it being explained, and be like, okay, and like I was like, I'm sure somebody's mad about it, but like they want the show to continue, and they realize they wrote themselves into a hole, so they they dug themselves out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I say so. I feel I feel like we've lessened the Doctor's character with the with the new um, with the uh, with the timeless child bit and things like that. You beget a very um, you know I, I think one of the benefits of the Doctor so far was that they were the every man or every woman. You know they just happen to do good and they choose to do good. And now you make them this poignant you know. The 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 uh, I forget I'm forgetting the words the terms for it but you know the the special child the 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 chosen one Harry Potter kind of thing it's it gets very um, you know it it makes them special but less special now to the story it, uh, to me uh, Roman what are your thoughts I I, wa- I want to hear you you've uh, you recommended a lot from the Whitaker stuff and I'm curious where you lie about Whitaker in general or. Uh, Whitaker in general, Timeless Child, all the, all the kind of stuff. I, well, I mean, I, you recommended the entire third season that she had when you gave me a list. Well, so, uh, granted, okay. it was only six episodes, but still. So I I I I liked Whitaker as a as a doctor. I think I agree with Eddie, where like she could have done with a better writer. <laughs> like overall, like I don't know, I like not a lot of the episodes were as memorable as like. David Tennant or Matt Smith, and a lot of it had to do with the writing. But her performance was great. The reason I so I I recommended the entirety of is that me? The reason I recommended the entirety of season thirteen is because that was it's it's six episodes are all intertwining episodes called the flux, and it's so the reason I recommended the whole because it's it feels it's pretty much one long episode. Okay. That it kind of ties it kind of ties up the timeless child storyline, which. Honestly, it took me a bit to like, kind of like get used to, because I agree. Like the the timeless child story arc, it kind of it tried to make the Doctor more special, but kind of took away with what made the Doctor the Doctor <laughs> to me. Okay. I, yeah, I I it's, it's not my favorite. Uh, I do think that the timeless child storyline would be improved by one change and it's make the master the timeless child oh that would be oh that's good damn that's good (laughs) oh damn it's still possible 
it you know what it technically is and you know what yeah. we'll see how they pick up and run with it because i will give it this as well it's the first you know era of a doctor that i don't personally you know am even you know contending with or like trying to put up with it it's been it's been a, a sore point and for a lot of fans i feel but looking back on the classic series there are definitely eras of that as well and one of those being the sixth doctor the sixth doctor and the 13th doctor share a lot of similarities of how things were going on in production and what the doctor was uh doing at the time in fact um uh, colin baker's sixth doctor his last season is also a singular storyline throughout it's the trial of time lord uh, and you know he's he ruffled some feathers you know he came after peter davidson which was a very popular doctor and the first one of the first words out of his mouth is he goes i'm the doctor whether you like it or not <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that braggadocious thing so you know there's been these rough patches and you know i think and colin baker over the years has been able to oh gosh we never even got into the audio dramas joey i'm so sorry uh <laughs> <laughs> hours and hours of content don't you need more doctor who it's it's, it's not gonna get listened to so it's okay right right exactly <laughs> but yeah uh you know i think th i think there is a space where the 13th doctor will in the grand scheme of things meter out and i like how they're approaching things uh looking you know hindsight so far uh but yeah the timeless child stuff just really it uh, it just does not service the grander story of the Doctor. It solves one problem while creating several more. Again, I didn't uh, hate I mean, it. I just didn't really like it or initially. It wasn't. It didn't like pop to me. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, what is there anything more to say about Jodie Whittaker? I hope she comes yeah. back. I hope. I hope they give her another go, just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see. Oh, yeah. like come back in a special? You mean? Yeah. Yeah, something that's headlined by a different writer. Because, again, I would like to see... Now, again, there's obviously multiple writers on multiple episodes, but, again, the, the head writer being Chris Chibnall, having that overall, oh, we need to tell and service this, service this story. I would love to see her in the service of a different writer's overall arcing narrative and see how that plays out. Because again, I do, I, I see the capability. I've seen it before and I saw it when she wrote her own piece. So it's like, you know, it, it it's possible, but I, I just, it's a timeline. It's a time where I just look back and I go, yeah, I don't know about that one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as, as we finish up, we have to quickly like, you know, David Tennant comes back as the, uh, the 14th doctor, I guess. Yeah. Yes. And and Russell Russell T Davies makes his triumphant return uh to the to the show and uh all three of the all well all four of those specials they're fun. I enjoyed them very very much. They're so fun. They're yeah. a blast and they're all very distinct from each other, which I think is great, but it's also giving us a really poor read on where things are going. So it's funny cuz we're all like, "Oh, this one is good, this one's good, this one's good, and this one's good in all different ways." But everybody's still like, "Well, we'll see when we get to se uh, se <laughs> season 1." 
I mean, so like getting back to the to the David Tennant and then uh, the Donna storyline, I think was a uh, it, it wasn't absolutely necessary, but it was sort of lovely. Like and even so much like I read an article where like at the end of like uh, the third special, uh, like where where everybody is eating. I thought it was one place, but it's actually something completely different, which means even more for the doctor. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. I'm, I'm sort of being spoiler free in this regard since it's so new. Um, but yeah, like I just, I really, I was like, dude, this is, uh, this is enjoyable and it's nice to romp around with, uh, David Tennant one more time and maybe beyond, you know what I mean? We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. It's an interesting thing for an anniversary special, especially when we've got the setup for, um, something that I feel like encompasses the entirety of the, the whole show more with like the 50th anniversary and the, uh, the, the day of the doctor, but yeah. Going back and seeing Donna finishing up this storyline that was tragic, but you're allowed to look back on it and tell a new part of it and have it not be heartbreaking, but also heartbreaking in other ways. But, you know, give people happy endings like that's that's the growth of not only the show, but the writer. And it's fantastic to see on oh, Neil Patrick Harris in the giggle. Like, <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. It's so much fun. His, he even said he never watched anything. He had no idea what he was in, but he, man, he's just NPH in the hell out of it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, and then Shooty got what? I'm gonna be honest. Yes, I have to see everything that he brings, but God, I already love him as the Doctor. Like I don't, oh, just yeah. He's, and Millie he's Gibson, cool. He's different. Yeah, yeah, Millie Gibson as well. Although it's sort of sad because I like her, but she's only going to be in the next season, and she's already replaced. I think the I think the interesting thing to look on when that like you know that's been in the news a lot recently. I think the, if we take this as Russell T Davies and Russell T Davies being you know how he wrote for tenants, the companions only really were there for one season anyways. It's right. just tricky that they're so far ahead. Again, they're shooting season two and we haven't even seen season one. So, you know, there's a, there's an impressive story to tell here with this character and you know, it may not be the end. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they already, they already have like a special announced for Christmas, 2024. So, <laughs> uh, of course, <laughs> there's only one episode title that's been released for uh, the eight eight episode series 14. So, but yeah, but so far, like just from the bit that I've seen, like Shudi Gawa and David Tennant, like doing their thing, just God, so good. By regeneration blew my mind. <laughs> and, and like, and like the, the, I, it almost feels like Russell T Davies came out or was like, this is the best doctor. Get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, it's that it's that fresh start uh, when we're talking about, uh, you know, categorically. And, and the reason why I say categorically it's a, it's a new era is if you look on stuff like Max, where they've categorized the um, or not not Max, the uh, BBC iPlayer, where they've cataloged the different eras of Doctor Who. They have the classic and then they have the new Who. Uh, the the revival series, but it only goes up to 2022. It ends with uh, the power of the Doctor, and then there's the new stuff coming up, and they've recategorized it as season one. And when you look at how Shuti is approaching the character, you get the gravity of you get the gravity of this this character has seen stuff, has lived these lives, has survived the time war, 
but it's not the focus. Right. It's not the it's not the burdening thought. And it's the you know, they even mention it casually is that, you know, you worked on you worked on this already. Yeah, you're working on it right now, which then will help me later, which is now. Yeah. And I mean, if we're fair, Russell T. Davies leaves with the end of Tenant, you know what I mean? And Stephen Moffat takes over. So he's going to have an opinion about like when Doctor Who was the best. Although Stephen Moffat gave us amazingness. So, you know, yeah. But uh, absolutely. So- Good for us. We went through all the doctors, and I guess that's a, a good way to have you boys talk about your favorite story arc. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, um, you I sort did... of made this the way this way we're meandering through. So it's I, fault, know, I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm at the fault of my own. Uh, I'm hoisted by my own petard. Uh, but I will say, again, I think some of my most interesting uh, story arcs are from the Matt Smith era, which is, you know, the the, you know, the the impending death of the doctor and the 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 silence and what they intend to do, how they intend to improve, you know, how these various uh, forces intend to improve the universe by removing the doctor from it but causing more chaos and then the doctor himself just goes yeah maybe it's better if i just don't exist at all and i love uh now i i had get also given joey uh, a selection of uh short doctor who minisodes that have been released online uh and uh, you know it probably didn't get to it but one of them is called the infrarium and it's just this uh wonderful short to me where the doctor is talking to somebody who works at this uh this catalog of uh information the infrarium and just says yeah i deleted everything about me don't worry about it and then uh, and it's just like yep i didn't want to be i would i didn't want to be bothered all right see ya bye and i love the idea that the doctor you know has these tasks to do but it's not the stuff that you know it's all fun and running around and going to the old west and solving this mystery of the cues but every once in a while it's like oh yeah i should delete myself from that archive oh yeah i should i should i should uh do this and there's these little misadventures along the way of uh, wait who are you again oh i'm nobody don't worry about me yeah I mean, I, I did not get a chance to watch any of the minisodes. Uh, I, I concentrated on rewatching some episodes or watching episodes. Valid. There's so much out there. Like I said, there's the uh, audio dramas. There's the uh, minisodes. There's the chill, the the comic relief stuff. Yeah. Again, if we start delving into everything Doctor Who, I mean, even the Doctor Who experience that I went to in Cardiff had storylines that are technically in canon, but for a walkthrough exhibition, it's like this. We're we're opening a whole can of worms here yeah uh so you you like the the silent stuff and and uh other stuff <laughs> yes i again I, i'm a i'm a sentimentalist so i like the the doctor going through some uh some hardships which again you get through uh tenant as well uh again let's i mean also let's be honest the whole thing in uh matt smith's time frame mostly is river song and that's a whole <laughs> other thing that's just that's that goes on throughout that yeah yeah what about you roman if i had to pick my favorite like overall story arc it'd be all of series four doctor the donna because it all culminates to the stolen earth and the journey's end episodes because like throughout the whole se- the whole season you're hearing oh the planets are disappearing oh the bees are disappearing yeah the bees are disappearing oh, the, man the, the stars are disappearing and or reality is breaking and then and 
every now and again you see Rose popping up everywhere. So it all leads up to to Daleks st- stealing the stealing Earth, making this huge mechanism out of all these pl- twenty seven planets, and then the final reveal of Davros being at the middle of all of it. And I don't know, it was just that was like the first time like all I, I like oh there's all these threads all culminating to this one point in time and space. And through the spinoff shows as well. So if you're watching yeah, Torchwood and, and yeah, Sarah and Jane it, Adventures. Yeah, and it's the point. Yeah, they bring up, they bring all the spinoffs together, all the spring spinoff shows together, all of the Doctor's companions, all the Do- David Tennant's companions together into one story. And like, it just blew my mind. Like, oh, it's like the Avengers of Doctor Who. <laughs> I say it's MCU before MCU. Yeah. And. And I don't know, it's that, that image of all of them flying the TARDIS properly through space, pulling the Earth. Like it's, it's, always, it's always like my favorite, one of my favorite shots. And then it ends in a sad moment where, oh, the, do, the, Donna ha, the doctor has to erase the do, Donna's memories and he's just by himself in the TARDIS. That's how it ends. Like, that was always my, that's one of my favorite art. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's sad. And then it makes the, the Disney Plus specials that much more poignant. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me because, like, as, as I've said, I haven't haven't seen as much as you guys. I can't say from my rewatch, I, I find the Doctor Who the most effective when Doctors arrive and when Doctors leave. Uh, they're <laughs> always really strong episodes. Like, but no, they, they, I mean, the writers really come for it and give you some good stuff. Uh, when Companions leave, often are just fucking heartbreaking, lovely episodes. Um, so those are always like really good, and uh, I get I think the like with arc wise, I Heaven Bent and and Hell Sent. Oh man, it's such a good arc. Like it's my most recent. I think there's a little bit of recency bias there because uh, the the finale, you know, the ending of uh, David Tennant's era with uh, the end of time is really really banger good too. Um, you know, I I do agree with a lot of people and with Entertainment Weekly that the girl in the fireplace. It's just a dang good episode. It's uh, really, really solid. And uh, right now, the one I'm halfway through is Turn Left, which is a strange freaking episode. Neither, oh, one, of yeah. you, neither one of you recommended <laughs> it, but it was it was one of the 15 for for Entertainment Weekly. And like I had to pause it to like record with you guys. But this whole time, I'm like, I need to finish this episode. It is weird. I, I almost <laughs> recommended it, but the the way I figure it in the grand scheme of things is it's a very it, it just tees up the the ending. Um, overall, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I I'll just be honest. I'm like halfway through turn left, and uh, Donna has just seen the first glimpse of the thing on her back, and I'm just like, oh man, I got, I got to freaking finish this episode. <laughs> it's so bonkers. But, like, I, I mean, when my mom was, like, watching it and I was watching the specials, like, Day of the Doctor, Time of the Doctor, they're freaking amazing. They're oh, such yeah. good specials. And, uh, I mean, you we, we've sort of established that, like, Eddie, your favorite doctor is probably Matt Smith because he's your first. You know, for you, Roman, it's uh, it's David Tennant. For me, honestly, like, David Capaldi, or, yeah, Capaldi probably ranks high but honestly if somebody asked me who's your favorite doctor it's william hurt i like the war doctor yeah yeah <laughs> I, I freaking even so. though it's just just that one episode uh he brought so much in that one episode where i'm like i wish i wish we could find a way to like find william hurt wherever he is in existence and get more from his doctor <laughs> yeah i think, I, I think yeah 
So, uh, yeah. Well, if you want, there's the audio drama. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want Eddie. <laughs> like I, I'm well aware that the the one doctor that only got to do the one movie ended up doing a whole bunch of audio dramas that he voiced, so he could have more Doctor Who. But I don't want. Don't. <laughs> I, uh, I, was, I was about to say. Uh, but yeah, it's you know I think you've brought it down to the point where. I think, I mean, especially when you start casting people like John Hurt as the War Doctor or things like that, you get to the point where these these episodes can rely solely on one, maybe two actors. And that's where, you know, uh, Heaven Sent is amazing. But then you also get stuff as recent as Wild Blue Yonder, which is carried by two actors. There's There's four actors total in that whole episode, and two of them only spend like two minutes total screen time the rest is just the other two and they're amazing which uh which doctor is that episode as a uh, 14 that's the that's the one where they're stuck on the ship uh i haven't seen it so <laughs> as one of the uh, really? one of the 60th specials oh, no, no, no. okay yeah okay, so oh, no 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 yeah 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 okay so my arms are too I, I just i just don't know the names of the of the specials but 100 yeah that is freaking that was good as yeah it was weird but it was good. As somebody said, long. Eddie, yeah. your arms are too long. <laughs> <laughs> the arms are hard to get right. When I get the arms right, you can something wrong with the jaw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody said Doctor Who is at its I best like, when it's at its weirdest. Um, and I raise you, Love and Monsters. But yes. <laughs> the turn in the Starbeast and whatever effects company did that freaking character, it's just bonkers. Oh, the meat. Like, yeah. Oh, the the transition of the meep is just freaking wild, and I loved it. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah, it's uh, it's good sauce. All right, it's, so we'll go, go ahead. It's nice to see the money showing up on the screen. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like is. I say, it really we, is. we've come a long way from the Father's Day flappy wing uh, birdemic things. <laughs> but I mean, you guys said your favorite story arcs. It's only fair for you to say what your least favorite are think we covered that though (laughs) for me it's timeless child i just uh yeah just i can't get on board but i do like i say i do like where they're coming from now looking back on it um yeah that is not a highlight for me well yeah i mean i'll 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 have an opinion later and well go ahead joey i'm sorry but my least favorite is the it goes from Face the Raven to Hellbent is really? not my favorite. And it's not, it, no, like, it's not performance-wise. He, like, Capaldi gives the best performance. I don't like how Clara dies. And then I don't know, I don't, I like the in-between episode, what was it? It's, was it Heaven's? No. Heaven's Sent, yeah. Heaven's Sent. That was a, I love that episode. But it's the idea that, I don't know, there's something about the Doctor being so broken about losing Clara that he, 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 it's badass that he goes up against the Time Lords, but then he kind of, I don't know, there's something, it felt like he undermined everything he did in The Day of the Doctor. The and Doctor he, with a gun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that that happens a lot with Whittaker, right? Like, yeah, I don't know about a, that. Yeah, there was like a lot of moments where like, oh, that, like, that's, I get it. It's not. It's the most undoctor that the doctor's ever been to me, which that's what rubbed me the wrong way about it. They're still good, but it's not like my favorite art. The idea that the doctor doctor went so far to not be the doctor to save Clara, to Clara to tell him, no, you have to be the doctor. And then he just loses his memories of her. 
for us. I think for- maybe because I I'd come right off the tails of like losing losing River that it meant more for me because I saw like the through line there. Mm-hmm. So I gotcha. <laughs> that's that's where I also was like you know you 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 know like you say you birthed and killed all the doctors. I was gonna say some of the most emotional heartfelt performances are gonna be where the companions uh, start or end. But then you get stuff like that where you get Clara ending the amazingness that is Heaven Sent. <laughs> Uh, and then you yeah. get her back in Hellbent, and it's like, ooh, how do I, how do I recommend you this without being spoilery? <laughs> I mean, I could just tell you, my wife having seen basically no Doctor Who, picked up halfway through Hellbent and was moved by the story. You know what I mean? Because I gave yeah. her like a little quick synopsis of when it went down. So you know, I guess it's it's just a uh, you don't like your potatoes cooked that way, and that's fine. It's still good potatoes. <laughs> well, they're yeah. good potatoes. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I, I do agree, though. Yeah, Heaven Sent kind of comes in the middle of a an interesting arc, uh, especially with uh, Face the Raven. Is Face the Raven probably should have been two episodes with the discovery of the uh, the the Trap Street leading into that. It you know it, it kind of feels rushed at certain points. Yeah, I mean, the, the good news is after after Clara, who I love, you get Bill, and Bill's awesome, too. I love the 12th Doctor as a teacher, yeah. And just like that, that again, classroom dynamic, fantastic, brilliant. Yeah, and then the way it ends with Twice Upon a Time and uh, finding an actor that that looks like freaking the original Doctor, it's just, uh, it's freaking lovely. Uh, again, that was a piece, uh, well, they, they he had already portrayed uh, William Hartnell playing the first Doctor in the, uh, there's a docudrama called An Adventure in Space and Time, which is, yeah, that was one of the things I recommended you there. So that, that's definitely worth a look if you want to see like a little bit of early 60s BBC uh, misogyny uh, and bureaucracy <laughs> and see kind of the, uh, started Doctor Who, but yeah, David Bradley does a fantastic job as the first Doctor, which is funny because everybody just goes Filch, Filch every time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, what a squib. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so we we've gone through favorites and least. So we, I mean, we can stick with like some favorites. Like you know, I sort of I've sort of boiled mine. But do you guys have a favorite companion? Companion is tricky, in my opinion, because you know they they. They all have their highs and their lows, but like I say, I don't like mine getting too preachy. And while I do love Clara on the onset, uh, and and through like the middle stuff, gosh, when it gets to the, she has some low points there too. Same with uh, same with I feel like a lot of them. Uh, but I think that's funny because I wouldn't I wouldn't outright say oh this is my favorite companion, but the most consistent is Amy Pond. Yeah, like she, she her characterization and performance is always just spot on just super stellar and uh even when she does try and hold the doctor accountable in something like um the uh the western episode in season six oh gosh uh, why did i forget that all of a sudden but yeah she oh, does it town, town called mercy town called mercy that's right and she calls uh you know she calls him out she does it in her way where it's not like oh the doctor you're better than this she goes you know maybe i'm crazy too I've been taking stupid lessons just like you. <laughs> and I'm like, I I go, yeah, that's perfect. Nice. Uh, I mean, for me, like, I, I really like Clara Oswald. I really love Rose Tyler. But I have to agree with you. Amy Pond, I think, is the best companion of the of the modern. Like, 
yeah, she's she's freaking great, and she saves Matt Smith's entire acting performance. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like the I like the combo of Amy and Rory, and I like how that leads to River. You know what I mean? I like all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the companions for Matt Smith really do make his uh, his seasons even better, and it's very tight. Like he doesn't have a ton. It's not like the others. He he has like a few. So. And again, yeah. it lends to that fairy tale like story, you know, because he gets to carry these characters through. Uh, although, again, that I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who like essays and stuff, and somebody was saying, "Oh yeah, what if the what if the ponds went all the way through the end of Matt Smith's run and things like that?" It's just interesting things to posit at this point. Yeah. What about you, Roman? I gotta say, my favorite's gotta be Donna Donna Noble, just because okay. like David Tennant and Catherine Tate just like bouncing off of each other was just the best like combination i've ever seen <laughs> uh story-wise like yeah i like the idea that she was a companion that said no at first and then like as soon as the doctor was, I was like oh crap i fucked up <laughs> <laughs> and spent time trying to find him and then they bump into each other and it turns out to be destiny and so i was so yeah. happy when like wife when like they, they announced that she was going to come back for the specials like oh yes more dr donna <laughs> the, the funny thing is like when donna first shows up i was sure i was gonna hate her she's, <laughs> she's so abrasive like yeah oh like she is she is the karen of the british isles <laughs> like oh man like but like as you're watching the stories continue, like you find you find a way to let her into your heart. Like even you can love a Karen. But uh, yeah, yeah. Like I think she most came people back, started like, that way. Here we go, more Donna with that thing on her back. <laughs> now, you're like, now you're like, guys, we gotta stop recording. I gotta see what this thing is on her back. <laughs> Oh, I will. I will. I'll probably while I wash dishes, I'll I'll finish that episode. Uh, so instead of like falling asleep to podcasts, I've been falling asleep to like episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> so I've been rewatching a little bit, some pieces there, like those minisodes and things. The they're very digestible for me, and it's uh, you know I I I get taken back. I I you know I have a, you know there's there's rough stuff going on, and it's just like it gets me it, like makes my heart feel good. And there, there's some really neat stuff. I like in the modern era how, like, Sarah Jane Smith and K-9 are brought back. Like, I never saw their original stuff, but I think that's cool. And, like, having Ace and uh, whoever the other one that showed up in the uh, – in the, uh, uh, Sure. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch those Doctors, so I'm just like – Oh, I I'm smart enough to recognize, and it's like funny, like in uh when uh, uh Jodie Whittaker is like meeting all the freaking different doctors like on the edge of time, and they're like motivating her, and it's like flashing to the different faces. You're like, okay, wow, they're they're older men now, and here they are, and I recognize that they're a previous doctor. Like the only one I really see is like Tom Baker because I've seen him enough, you know. I'll I'll but, uh, also point out that I do think that the new series has done a good job honoring actors who have passed in certain regards too especially when you get moments that like um you know uh, matt smith gets a moment to kind of pay tribute to brigadier lethbridge stewart and then you get the introduction of kate lethbridge stewart his uh daughter and it's just like oh it's a fantastic like passing of the torch and kate has been this wonderful through storyline that has been with matt smith capaldi whitaker and 14 and 15 now it's it's honestly really really great to see that they respect the characters both the original and the new ones so much 
Yeah. And I, I mean, since we're talking companions and we haven't mentioned him yet, I just have to mention Captain Jack Harkness, uh, freaking John Barrowman. Like, and then he shows up in freaking an uh, Arrow and Flash. And oh, man, like, I just, I really, I like that actor. And I, I like when the character pops up. And I have seen a few episodes of Torchwood. Um, so. Yeah, I was I just, about to uh, say, uh, I recommend you Torchwood. First two seasons are good. Third season gets real sad and fourth season gets even sadder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bummed yeah. me out. <laughs> yes, bad. <laughs> They're like, it's so, great, but it's sad. That was such a bummer. <laughs> and Peter oh. Capaldi's in it. <laughs> You're right. Do they explain that in his season? No. No. <laughs> Like we said, there's only 10 actors, so. Exactly. Because the rest of them are playing Americans in our shows. Right, exactly. <laughs> or playing Brits in our shows. Uh, oh, hi, Olivia Coleman in Secret oh. Invasion. We love her, the Colemans. Oh, we... fantastic. Uh, she, showed, she was in the Wonka movie, too, and she was great. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I love Olivia Coleman. She's she's dynamic. All right. So what uh what's next? Okay, so we're doing favorites. So uh I'll send it to you boys for favorite monster alien from Doctor Who. Oh well these were your suggestions, Roman. Yeah. I think you already <laughs> <have> an answer. <laughs> that was Ryan. I, I threw I threw these up. I'm I am i will I'll take the responsibility. <laughs> okay. Uh like I don't know, it's a tie between the Daleks and the Weeping Angels. Those are like two scariest monsters to me okay because dialects you can't reason with them they're genetically wired to hate like they're they're essentially space nazis <laughs> and the okay. fact that they but then i think weeping angels always freak me out because they're just statues but if you turn or you just blink that's enough for them to, not even, they don't even kill you they just just displace you in time and space which is always yeah. i don't know what something about that freaks me out more than just dying <laughs> That's fair. Like to the point wherever I, whenever I go to like a graveyard and I see like statues, I'm always like, nope, not taking my eyes off that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Eddie? I suppose I'm lucky where I don't necessarily get that kind of like, um, you know, I, I do in some ways do this, uh, not in others where I, I, you know, I know what is the, uh, sci-fi element on my tv versus where i am here but i i think for my favorite <laughs> monster aliens that like service the story i really like the clockwork men from uh the girl in the fireplace oh yeah because okay. i true. think that because i think they're horrifying but again in a very calculating way where it's like oh it's understandable and you have that moment there um but also thinking about like amazing performances i do love the dream lord uh which is toby jones in uh amy's choice uh because he does this fantastic uh he's, he's just a br we love toby jones toby jones is a fantastic performer if we weren't just talking about him in dial of destiny he's fantastic hmm. all right uh you know for me like uh the the weeping angels are like the new monster like alien for like the the new era of doctor who which just like you you can't get away with the with talking about doctor who without the weeping angels they're just such a new fresh addition uh and i've seen every single episode that that includes weeping angels from all iterations of doctor who as i went through i realized like if it has the angels in it i was gonna watch it so <laughs> even if uh even if i just catch like the the synopsis of it i think there's only one from like jody whittaker that was from those six episodes you mentioned roman that i haven't seen so that's uh that's going high up on my list of stuff to watch i like seeing the dalek but uh honestly like it's not really it's not a monster but it's an alien 
I love the face of Bo. Ah. Oh, yes. It's just, I don't know. It's just such a (laughs) weird freaking thing. And the the connection with the companion that I talked about. Uh, I was about to ask. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just weird. And I I freaking... uh, I, and the the giant freaking uh, I already forgot her name, but the giant red spider lady. Oh, the Rachnos. Yeah, fascinated me. So uh, all those all those get mentioned for me. You know, I think that I told when I was telling my wife, like giving her the pitch on Doctor Who, I'm like, there's some silly like villain concepts with like oh, the yeah. Daleks and the Cybermen, and they stuck to like original designs from like the 70s and the 80s, and they they're like, this is what they look like. Like we're gonna give them a little little more you know ornamentation on their metal, but this is what it is. Uh, and she was like, okay. I was like, but there's also some really cool stuff. I like the Ood. I think the Ood is a dope design. Oh yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. And the silence was a really cool design too. Yeah, I, I was going to mention them too because they they have this. I, I love that they prey on the little green men or the gray aliens of uh, you know Roswell uh, while also being very distinctly Doctor Who uh, monsters. I'm going to say they're very uh, slender man. I think that was yeah a, a design idea they had. Yeah, so. All those, I mean, there there are some really like neat, weird designs in Doctor Who, and some of them really work, and some of them are are there. <laughs> you know, there are some constraints to the the time frames when stuff's being made. So, but yeah. And then you get them remade, like you say, like the uh, like the Zygons. They're so cheesy, but they work so well. Yeah. <laughs> Santarans. <laughs> oh yeah. Potato heads. Or like the the gatherer aliens and the Santa masks. Oh, oh yeah. Pilot fish. Yeah. Pilot. <laughs> the, the pilot fish. <laughs> All right. Uh, sticking with favorites. This is from Roman. Favorite TARDIS or Sonic screwdriver design. <laughs> They're they're all blue boxes. I was gonna say so we're gonna hear we're gonna hear the Sonic first, Oof. and then. <laughs> you want it? <laughs> Is that your favorite? Right. That is, <laughs> yes. uh, that's 14th. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. What's this one? Uh, that is 10th Doctors. No. Oh, dang. <laughs> that is 13th. Oh, yeah. Sorry to hear the little <laughs> click. It's, 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 we're at this point where it's like, yeah, we know this. We know what that little warble means. All right. Uh, okay. Back on topic. Uh, favorite target. I'd have to go back to the coral design. So that's going to be the ninth or tenth doctors. Oh, you're going interiors. <laughs> yeah. For a second, I was like, oh, I was so yes. ready. I was like, which, heck yes, which, I've got a pinpoint. Which blue did you, which blue box did you like better? <laughs> I, I have a very specific one. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then, yeah, the TARDIS control room. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I mean, I love control rooms, so sure. Yeah. Uh, I like the I like the space kitchen. I like the the eleven twelve one. It's it works so well with the rotating bits up top. But I like the console of Eleven's early one with all the doodads that he can flick. But I will okay. say I think the exterior, I I have a very specific shade of blue that I love, and it's in the bells of Saint John where for some reason the Doctor gets like the TARDIS gets redone and has this beautiful vibrant lighter blue that it doesn't really? have. Yeah, it's, uh, when they arrive on the uh, when they arrive on the bank there, and it keeps that through series seven, but it gets a little dirtier every time. They really trashed it for like um, 
journey to the center of the TARDIS. But when it arrives right there on the bank of the Thames uh, for, you know, breakfast and he pulls out the Fez getting money, it's just this beautiful blue. And uh, it just sticks out of my mind as something where I'm like, oh, if I make a TARDIS and, you know, that's looking more likely every day. I've got time. Uh, <laughs> I can uh, I can make, well, I can make one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I I really like the the Peter Capaldi's interior. I think it's uh I just like the aesthetic of it. It's uh you, you could read a, a a fine leather bound book that smells of mahogany in his TARDIS or play the uh, electric guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then That's also uh, I, I I like Clara's uh, diner at the end of the universe with that austere blank uh, white original tardis look uh seeing nice. like where all tardises like evolve from i uh mm. I, I i i dig that that look too oh, heck so yeah. and I, uh, I i do like matt smith's dumb little hanging chair that he can sit in when he's like doing repairs <laughs> i love it it's great he can just sit down there <laughs> and it's again all- it's only in one spot so apparently that's the only place that needs fixing but it's fine right in one of the in one of the shorts, there's a, I will say, again, kudos to the writers using everything at their disposal. They make use of, story-wise, of that glass floor. I won't say how, but it's probably in a way that you expect. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and Sonic Screwdriver. Um, to be fair, I adore uh, Capaldi's uh, 12's screwdriver that he get. I wish he had it for longer but the blue one with the uh rotating uh lights it, it looks like a TARDIS console it's beautiful that's gonna be this one yeah that's the one <laughs> i i i i won't even i don't i don't geek out hard enough to even know that they're different <laughs> talk, talk to me about lightsabers and we'll have a discussion but <laughs> Well, I will say the War Doctor's sonic screwdriver is pretty great because they took the the classic series basically had one design that, you know, had little variations, but it's overall the same kind of thing. But you you hold it upright. But then because the War Doctor is right in between the classic series and the new series, what they did is they took the head off the top, put a light bulb on it, and they just used one of the toys of the classic one. So it's just the toy is the accurate one. And then... Basically, they had it, so now you can point it like the new ones. So it's the perfect blend of the old and the new. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love the 14th Doctor's screwdriver, and I love you, Eddie, for, for getting it for me at Comic-Con. Of course, man. <laughs> but, like, I just love, like, it's just every design, or most of the design put together in one elegant design, elegant screwdriver. Absolutely. Ooh, I cannot wait. Now, again, I know there's a lot of opinions about it, but I cannot wait to get... Um, the character options, the toy version of the 15th Dr. Sonic screwdriver. Yeah, that one's different. I, when I first saw it, I was like, wow, this is wild. Maybe it's because <laughs> I like the movie Click, all right? Ah. You know what? Sue me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good movie. I'm not going to unsee that now. <laughs> like, oh, it's a Click remote. I was going to say, you haven't heard that already? <laughs> no. You, you've been hiding out, man. <laughs> I saw I mean, somewhere oh, that that screwdriver is inspired by some kind of African weapon. Oh, there's a, a there's a proverb on the back. Yeah, That's, yeah, that says the uh, wit of the tongue is sharper than the than the quickness of the blade or something like that. It's fantastic. 
but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Shooty got what's gonna bring so much. Gonna be amazing. Already has. Already yeah. has. Uh in his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> That's his aesthetic. It's the doctor in underpants. Yep. I mean, fucking singing goblins already, friends. Ooh, the, the when he starts singing, I was like, oh, oh, heck yeah, we have begun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I, like, I'm You're... feeling the mavity of this, man. So yeah, I didn't... the mavity. <laughs> the mavity. Oh my god, the, I said mavity at work, and nobody knew. They looked at me like I was crazy, and I was like, oh, that was such a good freaking joke. Oh, you were in the perfect. You're in the perfect place to bring that up all the time. <laughs> oh, freaking Isaac Newton was hot, wasn't he? <laughs> freaking Donna, uh, she's so thirsty. <laughs> and then her, the just the fact that her husband's name is Sean and it's spelled like my Sean, I was like, oh, oh, it's so good. Uh, we you had listed on here for our, our go through like favorite performances, but I think we sort of like went over that. Unless you guys have anything to add, I thought of two that I'd like to highlight. Okay. Uh, one I think I've already talked a little bit about, which was uh, David Tennant's performance in the um, uh, Human Nature Family of Blood, which is a fantastic one. But I do I will say, and I'll have to see what Roman's read on this is. I do love Matt Smith in a equal kind of way in uh, Nightmare in Silver, which is a Cyberman episode where he gets taken over by uh, kind of cyber technology and becomes basically has to do a dual performance with himself. And I think does a spectacular job uh, combating <laughs> one another. <laughs> oh, no, that is a good that is a good performance, especially, especially like he's playing like a cyber, an evil Cyberman assimilated version of himself <laughs> absolutely i mean all that all the actors that have to play those characters that are not necessarily one note but there's only one way to play them like all the different time that the daleks show up and the different things that they've done in the new versions you're just like wow how is it possible to like play a dalek but i'm seeing like a different character you know what Would I mean? you like some tea <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it's pretty uh it's pretty remarkable you know, uh, and and you know what? Credit goes there to Nicholas Briggs, who has been the voice of the Daleks since uh, since the revival series has begun and every time gives them stellar performances, even to the point where, um, you know, the the cult of Scarrow, uh, the four Daleks there that show up in a few different episodes, they have distinct, uh, not necessarily personalities, but you can know what each one is kind of like or thinking or how insane they have got. And that's all in the performance of this one person who is also the person who founded uh, big Finnish audio productions, who makes all the audio recordings. Ah. You know, it's funny. I don't even listen, but for some reason, I just love the idea that I've made that we're bringing up hours of content that has yet to be. brought up. Yeah, literal, I mean, literal weeks and days and years of content that we have yet to talk through. Yeah, like all the all the actors like bring different stuff. I just uh, I, once again it may be recency bias, but like Peter Capaldi is just such a good freaking actor, and when he gives like a monologue or says something worthwhile or gives advice, yeah. I just I freaking love it. You know, have like you he uh, his, um... to me like he's got one of. The, I say what? 
No, no, uh, have you seen his uh, Zygon inversion, Zygon invasion? Uh, I've, I've, I've not watched that one yet. That one's that oh, one's, that's a good, that's a good speech. That's on that high one. on high on the watch list. Um, but like, he's got just one of those voices where I'm like, it's like how people are like, I want my life narrated by Morgan Freeman, or I want my life narrated by so and so. I'd be a okay with my life narrated by Peter Capaldi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's all aspects, honestly, with him. Because uh, what was it? He did a music video for his, I think it's cousin, Louis Capaldi, is a is a musician. Um, not familiar with their work too closely. Apologies, but they um they did this music video and he doesn't say a word in it, but it is heartbreaking. He, he and all he does is just give this phenomenal performance that is. I, 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 a normal tragedy i'll say that but it's the way he presents it is fantastic and the song's great too (laughs) yeah i mean full of full of amazing performances anything else to add before we wrap up with our last point oh i didn't really well my i didn't bring up my favorite performance (laughs) do it roman so if i oh that was a hard one to pick but if i had to pick one that i always go back to it's end of the end of time part two it's the doctor and wilf on the invachi spaceship and all it is is just oh. a convers it's just a conversation with wilf and the doctor and like the wilf and wilf is just begging doctor take this gun save your life and like the doctor's just no i'm like i don't know that's always one of those scenes that stand out in my head like that's who the doctor is like just, yeah as much, as much as he wants to save everybody he wouldn't cross that line and i don't know it's just that having like, it's just a simple thing of just two great actors having a conversation on a spaceship this is <laughs> yeah perfect uh, i love david Tennant as, as the rachnos and the progeny die just his face uh so good and i, I like him when they're zany i think matt smith <laughs> does a does an amazing job in the christmas special where he dies you're so happy at that point no kidding (laughs) i was gonna say you should see his other uh his other christmas specials i i they're they're fantastic uh christmas carol and uh dr the widow and the wardrobe i i will at some point although you you didn't recommend the widow and wardrobe on your list so (laughs) you're gonna get to it at this point Yeah, at at some point it's gonna be okay. I've watched all this. Let's talk again. <laughs> I'm here for that. I am down. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Again, we've been we've been carrying ha- uh, like some of these conversations. I'd love to get you in and uh, hear what you got on all this. We're we're throwing out spoilers left and right. <laughs> I I feel uh I feel I did a, a shit ton of preparation for this episode, so I. <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not disappointed with myself for my my preparedness. Nah, you're doing a great job there. It's, yeah. it's just again, like I said, way back in the beginning, you pick a spot, you pick some you pick some episodes, you hold on, and you just go on for the ride. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very curious to see if me and my wife do do the dive through or if it's just me by myself. We'll see. To be continued. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that a few times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I guess we're just uh, we're finishing by just talking the future of Doctor Who as we see it. And uh, I feel like I can I can at least be involved here because I have seen all the Disney Plus stuff. I think we're in a very good spot. I think uh, I know people are, you know, mostly positive on Russell T. Davies. There's, you know, a few dissenting uh, voices, but I'd say overall there's a reinvigoration of the of just Doctor Who in general that we've missing for quite some time uh and it's it's a little bit of nostalgia it has been but it's also been you know seeing what we saw of church of ruby sunday 
you have this whole new world to open up to you. And I think with both uh, Shuti Gatwa and uh, Millie Gibson, uh, at least to start off with, you have this really solid uh, pair of actors and performers that are ready to lead us into this next era. Yeah. Roman? I'm excited for the future of Doctor Who. Again, it's been something that's very important to me like for the last... Oh my gosh, 20 years now? Well, <laughs> I, again, I'm really hard to, it's really hard for me to be disappointed in certain things, but as long as the doctor is someone who has his blue box and is, doesn't rely on a, on a gun and carries a sonic screwdriver and does whatever they can do to be kind and help others, I'm, so, I'm, I'm always, I'm always on board for that. So I'm excited for this future and, of Doctor Who. And never eat pears. Never, never eat pears. <laughs> Run uh, fast, laugh hard. Laugh hard. Yep. Uh, <laughs> perfect, yeah. perfect words from uh, from one of our all-time favorite doctors. <laughs> I just love. He's like never eat pears. He's like write never down that one. Pears. That one's important. <laughs> he said such great stuff, and that's the that's the the, the sticking point. I mean, I think the the future is interesting. Well, like right now, you can watch. All of seasons 1 to 15 on Max. That's the home of it right now. I don't know how that changes in the future with Disney Plus's like relationship with BBC. I'm not sure if it's an issue of uh, once the once the agreement lapses that everything moves moves over to Disney Plus. Although I could see that. Do you guys know anything about that? Uh, I was going to say in the UK, they've got it all figured out because they've got the BBC iPlayer, which is their own kind of proprietary app. And they've got not only all the class, they've got classic, they've got new, they've got uh, all the spinoffs. Everything is all under the same banner. So uh, it's very nice there. I think, yeah, once the agreement lapses, it'll probably make its way to Disney Plus. Nothing concrete so far, but uh, the idea, I mean, it's very interesting the fact that Doctor Who worldwide now, other than in England, uh, in the UK, is on Disney Plus exclusively. Even like BBC America or the other uh, regional BBCs, they're not even getting it. It just goes straight to the streaming service. Right. So all the new stuff is Disney Plus. And like, you know, it's sort of like a bit of a renewal because of what they did with the by generation, you know, or yep. by regeneration. Um and we'll just have to see where that where that all shakes out, where it takes us. But uh, yeah, right now you can watch seasons one to fourteen and all the specials on Mac. And if you want new stuff, uh, it'll be on Disney Plus. You know, and uh, I think I, w- I was trying to look when uh, when the very first episode of series fourteen uh, comes our way. Do you guys know offhand? I believe May. They just right now it's May twenty twenty four. They haven't yes. said an exact date yet. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's so. May. It's May. Yeah. Sweet. So happy birthday present for the Wookiee. I hope it's not yeah. May the fourth. Oh, it might be May the fourth. It's what? It might be May the fourth. May the fourth's on a Saturday this year. <laughs> I was gonna say Bad Batch will lead right up to that though. <gasps> yeah, like, they're like, take that, Star Wars. <laughs> well, I mean, Disney Disney's putting it on Disney Plus, maybe. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's my dream is once all the doc if they put do- all the Doctor Who on Disney Plus. Disney will promote it. We'll get at least get a TARDIS somewhere in the park. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Also, 
<laughs> I, or, I meant to mention it, but the oh good. I was oh I was gonna say uh, years ago Paramount was doing a park in uh, London uh, area and they were gonna have BBC properties like Sherlock and Doctor Who. Uh, but I will say uh, Universal just uh, just uh, you know they haven't announced anything, but Universal did trademark the uh, term Universal Studios Great Britain. Oh, oh really? <laughs> well, so we'll have to see. Quite possibly. Yeah, I think they're. Fo- they're focusing on Epic Universe for now. Oh yeah, yeah they got Harry Potter already. It's fun. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One British franchise uh, at a time. You can't share the actors. <laughs> they already did that. <laughs> There's only ten of them. We established that. <laughs> They're gonna snatch up the ten future British stars, and then we'll see them in everything. And Doctor Who in like ten years. Well, I mean, you've already got uh, Daisy Ridley. <laughs> You do. I I will say like uh, I didn't realize that freaking uh, Arya Stark shows up in Doctor Who. Yeah. So, uh, I was very excited. I was very excited to see her. The more you so, delve uh, into Doctor Who, the weirder it gets. I was about to say, Roman, I'm sure you know about this, but please tell me you have the comics that were a crossover between Star Trek and Doctor Who. I've heard of them. I do not have them. I, oh, you got to You got to get should, yourself I those. I tell them. Oh yeah. Huh. I, I do know that there's some fun uh, Douglas Adams crossover with Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, definitely here and there. And uh, was it Douglas Adams wrote some episodes uh, for the classic series? Yeah. So, uh, and they, I mean, there's the tribute of the episode titled 42. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. all there. I was just going to share with you guys when we we're talking about favorite TARDISes, I meant to mention it. My mom actually owns a TARDIS and not not like an action figure, not like a Lego set. Uh, in her, I don't know if it's her backyard or her front yard of her house in Arizona, there is a fucking TARDIS in the yard. Uh, so whoever built the uh, the shed in the garden that carry, holds all the implements, like the shovels and all that stuff, they designed it and built it to be the blue police box. And my uh. mom, when she was looking at houses, like looked at this one and my sister was like, mom, there's a TARDIS in the yard. And she's like, well, let's buy the house. <laughs> I, so, I think we, we have to visit your mom now. Yeah. I was going to say, you're holding out on us. Or have your mom so, get in the TARDIS, travel to us. and then. <laughs> but yeah, so, so like when like my mom whoever owned the house before was a big enough doctor who fan that they made their their little equipment shed into a tardis and then my mom liking doctor who ends up being the next owner of the house and it was just so so weird i was like you have a fucking tardis like okay i was like is it bigger on the inside <laughs> like uh, so uh and i i've yet to be to my mom's house in arizona although my sister is going to be having a baby uh, like April of this year, and uh, I am gonna go visit my uh, my nephew. So uh, t- to be continued on me seeing the TARDIS in the yard, and maybe yes. maybe by that point I'll have, uh, <laughs> I'll have caught up on a bunch more episodes. I mean, if it if I watch 13 episodes in a week and I only have like 60 something episodes left to finish, uh, ostensibly like in two months I'll be done. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a good pace. Yeah. I was going to say, so. it's like, again, when I was picking stuff up from um, when I started with uh, BBC America running uh, David Tennant stuff, it was like two, three episodes a night. And I was like, I was, you know, I was plowing through it. Yeah, I uh, I haven't decided if because uh, the wife, we're watching a different show, so she's not ready to start Doctor Who yet. So I don't know if I just keep going through uh, this list of like 98 
and like knock out all the episodes and then go from the beginning with the wife because it'll be good i'll be like oh i've seen all these episodes so if i'm gonna go to sleep just keep watching babe it's fine you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah we'll get there so but yeah all right guys that's a final thought time doctor who's cool no <laughs> <laughs> bow ties are cool yeah Suspend- stetsons are cool suspenders are cool mm-hmm Guards are cool. Fezzes are Converse cool. Converse are cool. Electric guitars are cool. Absolutely. Wearable What's technology. What's thing? Uh, spoons. 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 <laughs> she makes her sonic screwdriver have a spoon. Oh. And she wears that uh, the vest with the question marks on it. Oh, yeah, she does. Well, that, oh. I mean, that, that was from the uh, Seventh Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. Lots of stuff is cool. Doctor Who is cool. You should uh, <laughs> check it out. When uh, when you look at the show notes for this episode, I am going to put the complete list of 98 episodes like listed down. So it'll be right there for you. Wow. It'll be it'll be faster to list the ones <laughs> we didn't list. <laughs> just, just, write, right, cause <laughs> just write everything. <laughs> All of it. Uh, you, you, we also so. forget the part where I went. Oh yes, and when you get to the spinoffs, and we went. No, wait a minute. <laughs> no, wait a minute. <laughs> oh no, I have that on there. The episodes of Torchwood that you requested, and the yep, Sarah, Sarah Jane Sarah. Chronicles, and and a whole bunch of fucking minisodes, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff. Perfect. All right. So no more final thoughts. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. We're, you know, we're in a good spot and I am very down if you want to come back around and, you know, come, come back and rehash the who knowledge. All right. Sounds good. I will, I will put you guys both on retainer for the, the, when I, when I've caught up at least with the, the list of 98. I'm already listed for a, uh, Indiana Jones and the great circle at some point. Oh. So, you know, right. <laughs> oh yeah. And like, literally like I was like when the, when the John Williams news dropped for the Grammys, I was like, Eddie, but I didn't message you. Oh, so, so pumped. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. No one. So cool. I was pumped too. The wife was pumped. We all were pumped. More, more accolades for John Williams. All right. Uh, any, you guys get plugs, any, any plugs you want to do? Eddie? Uh, well, let's see here. Nothing at the moment, but there, there's some stuff that possibly is in the working. So, you know, we shall see. Okay. Roman? Uh, nothing in particular. I mean, you can find me on my socials. Rom underscore cam underscore art. I just joined Blue Sky, which I have no idea how to use that. <laughs> oh, you got to You got to send me an invite, Roman. No, so it's so no invites are required anymore. You can totally sign up whenever you want. Oh, nice. Then I'll do that soon. Yeah, but yeah, people could find me there on. And yeah, I I have been in a bit of an art block lately, but I'll I'll get a straight getting back into that lately. Now, nice. Indie hack guy on indie hack guy and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I am at Wookie Riot on most of the things, and soon to be Blue Sky. Uh, <laughs> so Threads, Blue Sky, Twitter, Insta, or whatever Twitter's called, Instagram. Um, Laugh It Up Fuzzball Podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, it's the Laugh It Up Fuzzball's Facebook group. Over 700 geeks. Join join us, one of us. Google goo. Um, and tpublic.com, if you search Laugh It Up Fuzzball, all the merch is there. Uh, coming soon, two more shirts because uh, oh. I think Blue, Blue is gonna design them. Also, uh, that I, I, need uh, get, other... I need to get on all those designs. I got to be pretty still. <laughs> but it's it's okay. Actually, I'm I'm more interested in the the commission I sent you before the mm. holiday. Oh, I want to yeah. pay I want to pay you for that. So 
Yeah. If I, if I was going to focus your art laser on anything specific, it would be that. Roman knows I have a commission at some point, but uh, I, I won't uh, burden him. <laughs> and yeah. my to-do to list is much more of a pile now, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will I will pay you your fair trade wage for the for the art <laughs> the thing I sent you. So even though you gave me a fifty percent discount, I'll pay you the fair wage of what you actually ask people. Ah. You deserve it. Nah, man, you're a great artist, <laughs> and Lord knows I've used you in other regards. So <laughs> I mean, if anything, I'm, time I'm, if it makes me feel any better, I'm charging you the same amount. I'm char- I charge Stanley. So yeah. Hey, that's that's <laughs> excelsior uh i think that's all the things if i missed the plug you know spotify for podcasters we're grateful that it's free uh we would love more listeners more sponsors all that stuff but honestly it's sort of nice being the free little podcasting and do what it wants and when i end up being like two days late on an episode being like suck it like life gets busy just the fact that this episode or this show has continued for over seven years is pretty remarkable so uh, if every once in a while it's a little late, I'm sort of sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. Like, I, I beat myself up over it, but it's all good. So, all right. That's all the things. We'll catch you on the flip side. Ask yourself, Doctor Who, when, what, where, and why. Ask yourself. And then answer yourself. And, and watch it. It's, it's good. If you like sci-fi, you like timey-wimey nonsense, you like goofy concepts, strange aliens, uh, wild stories heartbreak surrender you hate pairs like this is the show for you yeah and uh a guaranteed one of the doctors you'll love and maybe all of them so uh yeah and uh and it's it's starting all anew with shudigatwa so who so far just looks righteous so yeah geronimo we'll, we'll see alonzi <laughs> yeah i don't want to go i don't want to end the podcast it's been fun uh, all right, friends, we'll catch you on the next level of the podcast. Until then, uh, what what are the words of wisdom? Walk fast. Run fast. Try trying. hard. Be kind. Be kind. And don't eat pears. Don't eat pears. <laughs> all right, friends. Bye-bye. TTFN. Da 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 da